Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Nasty on a Monday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. Hope everybody had a great Easter weekend. We're back at it. 203, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Boy, them Redbirds look good on Saturday, huh, yeah, guys? did. Monty just shoving, offense clicking. Nolan Arnato touching seats. Jordan Walker, probably your rookie of the year, huh? Probably. Things are looking great. Cardinals doing their thing at American Family Field. What do you I, think, Marche? I, I refuse to call it that, by the way. It was a great Saturday afternoon. It certainly was. The Cardinals' kid. offense looked great, mm-hmm. uh, and they definitely carried that throughout the entire weekend. Yeah. I didn't see the rest of the weekend. Oh. I'm sure it went fine. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't either. I didn't either. So let's talk about Saturday then. So Jordan Montgomery is a guy that, um, you know, we had wondered, Yeah, can this guy be a dude? And boy, can he ever. He did a great job. Looked real sharp. Looked really sharp. Looked confident. I remember watching his pitch count, watching him go, and then I was down uh, actually at the Bally Sports Midwest Studios because the Blues game was on at the same time. We had a lot of action going on, cards, Blues, and uh, thinking to myself, man, this this Montgomery guy is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And the offense, too. Jordan Walker just, this league's easy for him. He's like, this is what y'all were talking to me about? Like, oh, it's a big, scary league? Looked like, <laughs> looked like City the first five games, am I right? Oh, boy. Well, well, we'll get into that. Not great. Second half for Walker, maybe a little. No, no, no. no. Oh, Why fine. would you go there? Yeah, that's fine. The hell is yeah. wrong with you? No, the Cardinals did play three games. They dropped two of the three. What? Yeah, I can't just uh, focus on the happens. win, guys, because, you know, people want blood today. So, they do that. I feel like people are, are coming off of a nice Easter weekend, calm, cool, collected. Seems like people are ticked off today. Marsh, you had mentioned people are pretty frustrated about Ollie thus far. Yeah. People fired up about the Allmeister. All yeah. He did make an interesting decision. Pinch hitting Brendan Donovan for Taylor Munner? Hmm. I did. He was looking at the matchup. Yeah. Well, you had. He didn't want that left on left. You had uh, Dylan Carlson, though, who's been playing pretty well. You sure. probably could have put him in there. You could have. Me. Or just risk the old left on left, you mm-hmm. know? Although ever since Marshy took Brendan Donovan, he's taken a nosedive. Okay. Now. That is true. Okay. You now. took him in our beat the streak. The I only did. time any of us have not gotten a hit. Yeah. I don't think he's had a hit since. since. No, he <laughs> yeah. hasn't. I really don't. Wait, Marshy, we ha- we have to hold you accountable. We do that here in the fast. Yeah. So the Cardinals left 30 runners. 30 runners on base That's in three it? days. Actually, runners. I take that back. Is that bad? He did. Yes. He did have a hit. In the game that Tyler O'Neill got thrown out at home. Ah. Yeah. Well, good for yeah. Brendan Donovan. Yeah. At least he's back on the on the wagon. Sure. So the Cardinals, yeah, 30 runners that were left on base in the three games went five for twenty-four. That's uh the two oh eight average with the runners in scoring position. They're still looking for their first of hit of the season with bases loaded. 
I saw Brandon Lau hit a grand slam yesterday. So apparently you can hit one out of the park with bases loaded. Other other teams are doing it, Jamie. Just not the Cardinals. Well, they get a couple. Just they put them all in one game instead of spreading them out. Still not a hit with the bases loaded thus far. Oh, that yeah, yeah. no, that's impossible. Yep. As Derek Gould mentioned his uh, recap, they they're the only team in the majors with more than five at bats with bases loaded this year, and don't have a hit. They have one bases loaded RBI. You call that clutch hitting, Anthony? I don't think they do. No, they, they call lo- that clutch hitting situations. <laughs> they, they just yeah. The Cardinals can't. Yeah, I'm not calling the Cardinals. The clutch. Cardinals can't do it. Not yet, anyways. Cardinals left dozen runners on base. Had one hit with runners in scoring position. Rookie Jordan Walker delivered an RBI single, and uh, that was the only run extend his hitting streak. Now, Jordan Walker looks great. The offense coming off a red-hot spring training in which everybody was hitting. The offense turned the faucet. Off. Which, <laughs> Let me clarify. Way, I, I did the motion off, yeah, but then but, I realized we're on we're on radio. Yeah. So yeah. it's off. Yeah, be very careful. Yeah. Where the hell did the offense go? I don't know. It's like Jeff Albert came back. Jeff is hanging out. Is he back? You know what? I think he might have stayed in Milwaukee after the Mets lost. He may have. No, guys, it's it's a reason for concern here a little bit based on the fact that a lot of people, not just us, a lot of people even nationally said that the Cardinals could be one of the best offensive teams in the entire National League. Actually, in all of Major League Baseball. Because spring training was like, ah, we're just here to rake. Mm -hmm. That's it. Not so much since the season started. The, the two of the three Milwaukee pitchers, two of the big three, you faced, and both guys shut you down. Freddie Peralta. Oh boy, but Freddie, come Freddy's, on, he's having a hell of a year. Though. He he started off slow last year, and then he was fine. This year, two starts, he is he has looked like the Freddie Peralta of two years ago for Milwaukee. It's we like knew he's that they had visible balls, Anthony. Yeah. There you go, Jamie. Yeah. Did we learn anything? Did we learn anything from this series? Yeah. Were, were you guys like shocked? I'm and I'm being serious here. Were you guys shocked at the way things went down in Milwaukee? Because I wasn't. Milwaukee was coming off the series against the Mets that looked what? really good. The bats were swinging it well. The the only thing that I would say that we learned, not that we had an idea about or that we kind of had a good sense about going in the series. The only thing that I feel like I learned is that Christian Yelich might be back. Which isn't a good thing, by the way. Not great. But with the way that he's taken, you know, like he had the two hits yesterday where he just, he one, he went outside the zone on. Jake Woodford wouldn't, what are you going to do? He, threw, he literally threw a ball outside the zone. Well, he has to throw a ball, Anthony. That's the whole purpose. I meant uh, like balls and strikes, Jamie. He he threw the ball. He threw a ball. Oh, a ball. Yeah, not gotcha. a ball. He threw a ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not. Anyways. No, I got you. Keep, reached out, keep, keep the feet moving. Reached out, went to right field. Christian Yelts did it again. And another at-bat. He's using the entire field, letting the ball get deep. So the only thing I think I'd learned is that, all right, Christian Yelich might be back. Other than that, we knew Milwaukee had good pitching. We knew that the Cardinals coming off the Braves series, they were limping into that series, into the Milwaukee series. And Milwaukee, who absolutely whipped the Mets, are on a bit of a run early here. That's, That's really the only thing I think that, you know, that we kind of found out about the weekend other than that everything everything we knew i learned that andre palante might not have the same stuff he had last last year four earned runs this weekend 
in two innings pitch. Gave yep. up seven hits. It has not been a pretty start no. for you. It's I'll like the Monstars came, stole his, his you know, athletic ability, Anthony. Except for like the baseball Monstars. Yeah. Are you talking about Space Jam? Space Jam? Yeah. I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. I don't think Tanner has either. I've never seen Space Why Jam. Why she didn't know that? I thought you were totally trolling I thought you were him. trolling me when you yeah. said that. No, I wasn't, but I'm glad I did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jamie, what did you, you learn? You actually haven't seen no, that I have, movie? No, I, I haven't seen that, it. It's a huge huh? deal. Everybody makes a big deal out of it. You I get the same, Marsh, I get the same response. The same response I'm looking at you right now. You're shocked. I feel like I did know that you hadn't seen it. I thought that was like kind of like a running joke, though, for no. like two no. years. No, Anthony no. just refuses because no. that's the way he is. He just does stuff to spite you. I'm not going to go back in time and watch Space Jam, okay? I don't have the... I don't have the... <laughs> I don't have the, I mean, Anthony, the technology to go showed, back. Okay? You showed your kids the Sean Payton movie with Paul Blart. Yeah, it's a football movie. Well, this is a basketball movie. Nah, that's it's a right cartoon. There. Oh, that's the answer. It's right? a cartoon. I don't blame you. It's a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> one's a cartoon, one's not. You know? It's a half cartoon. It's a half yeah. cartoon. Yeah. One's, a, even, one's literally a frankly, documentary. The it's other even not. worse. I'd rather watch a full cartoon okay, than the half cartoon thing. Okay. Jamie, what did we learn about this series? Did you learn anything? <laughs> I, I learned that uh, this is maybe not the team I thought it was. I know that's not like one specific thing, but everybody, you know, some of the listeners were getting after us because it's like, yeah, it's the beginning of the season. It's only one time through the rotation. It's only this. It's only that. Well, here we are now, three series into the season, and everything's pretty much stayed the same. The offense heats up for a game and then disappears. The offense heats up to load the bases and then disappears. Can't get anybody home. The rotation, the only one that I don't think is a question mark, has been Montgomery. His first game was fine, mm -hmm. but last game was good. So I'm like, okay, that's two good-ish starts for Monty. Where's everybody else at? Woodford had a bit of a bounce back. He and still okay. gave up three runs. Like... Yeah, and Flaherty walked the house on Friday. Oh, Flaherty, don't get me started on this guy. How many free passes is he going to give out? Thirteen. Thirteen in, in his two last games. two starts. Yeah. Anthony, I was being snarky on Friday, and I made a remark of, because we did the fader follow. By the way, congratulations to our fader follow contestant. You won out with FanDuel's fifty bucks by listening to us on Friday. But that being said, I made a snarky remark of. Flaherty's gonna have, he's gonna have more walks than he will strikeouts. I didn't really think it was gonna be true. Anthony, <laughs> Nailed it. But I end up nailing it just for being an idiot. That's not great. Mm -hmm. 13 walks in two games, Anthony. That's correct. That's a season for some guys. Yeah. Here's here's all you need to know about the Cardinals starting rotation at this point, which really wasn't that bad over the weekend. It wasn't, comparatively speaking. It wasn't a bad weekend for the starting pitching. Like, it was a bad six games against Toronto and Atlanta. But here's all you need to know about the starting pitching right now for your St. Louis Cardinals. Jack Flaherty has pitched better than Miles Michaelis. Jack Flaherty has been better than Miles Michaelis. The guy with 13 walks in two starts has been better than the guy that took the ball opening day for you. There you have it. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Do we overhype this offense? Probably. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right
back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. amount of guys on today we got some really good hitters and we play this over time we're going to be just fine there these guys have a really good approach they know what they're doing they take it at bats today we had a chance it didn't come through but we had opportunities for sure holly marble oh i thought it was mike schilt no oh really you're gonna go schilty on that so last week he was too hard on a play. I'm not saying this to you because I know that you know my stance. You know, I know your stance on Tyler O'Neill. But last last week he was too rough on on the poor players, and now you're going to say he's chilty. Did that not give you chilty vibes a little, a little bit? bit? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, he had some quality at bats. Well, well, what did Good you do though? Did you did you hit anybody home in a, in a clutch situation? No. Jamie, I got the numbers right here for you. Do you want them again? No, not yet. Okay. I do want them, to, not yet. Andrew, uh, I know you just dropped that that thing. I want to hear the end of that again, please. In fact, give me the whole clip again, and I'm going to try my best to picture Ollie Marmel and not Mike Schilt. Are we ready? Okay, here we go. Left a decent amount of guys on today. We got some really good hitters and. We play this over time. We're going to be just fine there. These guys have a really good approach. They know what they're doing. They take it at bats today. We had a chance. It didn't come through, but we had opportunities for sure. Oh, yeah, great at bats. How many runs did you score? Oh, yeah, it was great at bats. You're welcome to your opinion. I, you know how I feel, Shilty. That Mississippi moonshine's kicking in right about now. <laughs> Brandon. Brandon. All right, all jokes aside, and I like Ollie. I think Ollie's great. This is just me having some fun with, well, at Ollie's expense for that matter. But it can't be rainbows and unicorns when your team is so inconsistent offensively, can it? No. That's how the baseball works. It is. No, you got dominated by – so far. Here's the recap. You got dominated by really good pitchers and pitchers you've never seen, and you have done some damage against uh, the ones that you're supposed to, like Eric Lauer and uh, Alec Manoa. Manoa. Although Alec Manoa is Manoa, a – That's a serious – Manoa, Manoa is a, an ace. But you didn't win that game. No, but it was. You didn't win, It wasn't because of the offense. You scored nine runs. If you fall short by one game, you didn't win. What are the numbers, Anthony? Because you seem all excited about that. Oh, no, I'm not excited at all. I read them off in the first segment. You like to do. No, I'm just saying. You like misery. 30 runners you left on base. 30? You don't have have 30 on an MLB roster. Is that all season? You left that many on base over the weekend. Oh, just over the weekend. Yeah, that's correct. Cardinals have 30 runners on base. They're getting, three games. They're getting base runners on base, though. They're getting guys on base. Eventually. Quality at-bats. Eventually, those runners will, will round third and doubt it. get thrown out at the plate. No, I'm kidding. No, you're not, because that's pretty much what happened in the first, the uh, the second series against Atlanta. And Marsh, I know you're saying this tongue-in-cheek, but that's like, hey, I'll, yeah. take, I'll take 30 shots. I'll take 33-point attempts. From three point from the three point range, I'm not good at hitting threes. Eventually, mm-hmm. they'll go in. They don't have to. Mm-hmm. Huh? You got to be good at driving in runs. You set the table, fine, good. Where's the meal? You know, Jamie. I like that one. Jamie, come on over. Nice meal. I'll set the table. Who's cooking? Nobody. That's oh. the point. <laughs> We're just gonna set the table. Russell Wilson. We're just gonna set oh, the table. <laughs> That's what the Cardinals did. 
He said, come on over. Come on over. We invite you over for dinner. We're going to set the table. We're not going to have a meal, though. That's what the Cardinals did. I actually want to do that to somebody one time. It would be awful. Invite them over for dinner. Like, have dinner made, but, like, tucked away. Have them sit down, you know, maybe have a, a beer or a glass of wine or a glass of water or whatever. The table's set up beautifully, too. All the best silverware, napkin. Maybe the napkin's in, like, a little dove or something. Like going to be a good-ass meal. Yeah, it's like, holy crap. And then just never Nothing. serve the meal. And be like, what do you think of the meal? What meal? This is what the Cardinals do. Every time <laughs> I cheer for the Cardinals, this is what they do. Invite Ollie over. <laughs> be hilarious. Ollie, have a seat. Can I get you a drink? Yeah, <laughs> great. All right. Well, where's the meal, Jamie? Mm. I don't know. Where's your guys getting people home? <laughs> ah. Nah, this is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do to me every day when I watch you, Ollie. So today, you are getting no meal. Mm-hmm. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunities out there to eat, but you're not going to actually get the meal right here. Do you even put food on the table but in a lockbox? <laughs> Be like, see, there's food on the table, but you can't eat it. Yeah, there's your opportunity. Is Mo invited to no. this shindig? No. No. No, and you know that, Marsh. I would invite Mo. I would. I have to hold him accountable. Somebody asked. Well, to. then why mm-hmm. not do it face to face? That's true. Yeah, he's invited. What I'll do is make him that Mo fashioned, mm-hmm. but the wrong way. You actually put the bitters in That's there. That's right. How do you like your Mo fashioned? I put bitters in it, Mo. <laughs> How do you like me now? Because I'm bitter. I'm watching, bitter at the watching this. Watching this rotation you put together. <laughs> you know what? He's not actually invited to the dinner. He's invited to go to the grocery store with Anthony, and Anthony's going to hype up all these like nice ingredients for a nice meal, and then Anthony's oh, going to get all this yeah. crappy food. Yeah. See, that's exactly what you did. I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to summer. I'm going to pay for the groceries. Okay, yeah. come on with me. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make a nice meal. Remember last year, Mo, when I paid for the groceries? I'm going to spend more money on this year's. Yes, meal. exactly. <laughs> but you know what I'm going to do? But you're going to get Not less get anything. food. It's going to be it's going to be right there in the middle. Everything middle or below. <laughs> Don't be reaching for the top shelf, okay? No. Not up in here. Steak, you better grab the one that expires today. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> you know what? It's still steak. It's still steak. So there you go. Better grab a lot of seasoning. <laughs> you better hope some of that, that other stuff pans out. We're going to Aldi for the seasoning, you hear me? It's going to be the knockoff brand. Good stuff over Having there. Fried bologna. Yeah. So to stay. Do we overhype this offense? Apparently. I think it's I think it's a little early for that. What? I think it's a little early yeah, for that. Yeah, probably is a little bit early. One guy that uh we haven't overhyped, in fact, kind of underhyped, maybe-ish. Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker, man. This kid's unbelievable. He's been great. He's been amazing. And uh we pulled this up. I uh texted my my friends. Your sources. My sources over at Bally Sports Midwest, and uh, got to give full credit where credit's due. Tim Trokey, one of the producers for Bally Sports Midwest, got back to Eduardo Bond, one of the other guys, and said that, because I had asked a question, what's the longest streak for a Cardinals rookie to start the season with a hit, consecutive games? And uh, Jordan Walker apparently has tied the record with Magnerius Sierra. Mags. Mags, who played for the Cardinals back in 2017. Before being traded for Marcelo Zuna. Oh, is he part of that one too? Yeah. Boy, by the way, four years to the day, Marcelo Zuna climbing the wall. We <laughs> Which one, that. Jamie? Yeah. No, the bad one where his cleats get stuck in the fence and then he almost 
concussed himself. <laughs> uh-huh. It's not funny, but it is. But Jordan Walker, uh, to that point, has the opportunity to uh, solidify himself in Cardinals record book with, with a hit today. Well, there you go. At least somebody's doing something out there for the Redbirds, huh? Oh, boy. Yep, that's right. Your Cardinals stink right now. Jeez, oh, Anthony. I don't think they will for the long haul, but right now, three and six, dead last in the NL Central. No excuses, Jamie. The Brewers, not, they're not off to a nice here. start. Seven and seven and two thus far. And you think, well, there are plenty of opportunities against the Brewers this year. It's a balanced schedule. So you're not going to face them as much. So there's that. At least you head out to Colorado. You get a bit of a reprieve now. You're going to take on a Rockies team that isn't very good. They're also in last place. That's a good news. Bad news is they've got one more win than you do. Huh. That's right. I said it. So if they do win, and let's say the offense does come alive in these next three series, because Which you have will. the Rockies, the Pirates, and then the Diamondbacks, all yep. really good teams, of course. Um, <laughs> but the best. Oh, you're going to look. You're going to look great. Does the narrative change though, or or, or does it become? Hey, they can only hit against just the Pirates, just the Rockies. No, that's just probably the accurate. D-backs. It's just it's it's going to even out here. We're not going to really learn anything all season long. Mm-hmm. Last year, exactly. Mm-hmm. The Brewers. If you're like, oh, the Brewers are unbelievable. The Brewers did the same crap last year. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They're going to look good. The the, the offense is going to look better now. I think this offense is better than what you had a year ago. Now you face some really good pitching. That that pitching that pitching dominated your face. Whoa. Now Colorado, Pittsburgh, Arizona. You're gonna you got a Jose Arena on Wednesday. What? Yeah, Arena. Oh, you're gonna face. You're gonna you're gonna probably add twelve in the first three innings against them. And we're gonna talk about ah, offense look good today. This is the ups and downs of baseball. The good news is your starting staff looked a little better over the weekend. One guy looked much better. That was Jordan Montgomery. One guy looked marginally better. That was Woodford. And one guy, well, he basically almost duplicated what he did in the first uh, first start. Only this time he allowed more hits and runs. <laughs> <laughs> almost walked the same amount, though. So, yeah, they're going to look better. All right. Hey, your Battlehawks, though. Your Battlehawks are one step away from the XFL playoffs. Won a game over the weekend without A.J. McCarron. How Exciting far, game, too. How far can this go? How far can your Battlehawks go? Without A.J. or with A.J.? With A.J. He'll be fine. Yeah, he's supposed to be back next week. Exactly. It's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right 
back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. That's how you run a fake, by the way, Jamie. With the stupid Vegas Vipers you set up with a, a field goal. Yeah, just what the hell it. was that? I realized the, the kicker missed missed one the previous possession, but what are you doing? I, I don't know. Thank you, though, for running the dumbest fake field goal known to man so that we could show you <laughs> here in St. Louis how it's done on the fake punt. Well done, Battlehawks. Had the backup QB in, A.J. McCarron hurt. He did practice last week, but yet he was one of their inactives. Yeah. Battlehawks struggled offensively throughout the course of the game. Well, you know. Yeah, they were lying in the weeds is what they were doing, Jamie. Lying in the they weeds. They scored when it mattered. Damn right. Fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Special teams. It's the Battlehawks way. It's how you write it up. Uh-huh. You fall behind, and then you let your special teams win you, win you, win you the game. Nothing better than coming from behind, especially in front of the home crowd. 35,000 plus Mm -hmm. at the Dome, and it was a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Every reason in the world to not go down to the Dome indoors and, ah, you know. Right. But they showed up. So the whole just bleep you, Stan Kroenke, that whole thing is kind of gone now. Now it's like move the ball forward to where this passionate fan base for the Battlehawks. It was awesome. Honestly, I watched the, the second half. I, I I did not see the first half of the game. <gasps> Sorry, Anthony, it was a beautiful Saturday. You just heard me what I said, right? You know, that is a good point, though, before you continue. But th- th- you're absolutely right, because we always say, well, out in L.A., you know, there's a lot to do. A lot of, be a beautiful weather. Mm-hmm. Like the Midwest is awful weather for all the football months. Like there's nothing to ever do outside <laughs> in the football weather in, in, in the Midwest. No, we have passionate football fans, not fair weather crap. Excuse me, go ahead. Jimmy. No, you're fine. So yeah. I get, I caught the second half of the game, and I was kind of like you. I was like, man, this offense is kind of in. They got right up close to the the end zone, and he throws a pick. It's like uh, I was like, maybe this is not to be. And I was I was kind of stewing a little bit because the whole Vipers thing. And last week we were talking about the the barbs going back yeah, and forth on Twitter. And, what, and I was like, can't have the Vipers win. Can't. Well, then the Battlehawks come back, tie the game at the end of the game, and then the overtime, which I don't know if everybody caught that. And if you haven't, I'm sure you've seen the highlights. Or if you haven't, please go YouTube it, take a look at it somewhere, whatever you can find it. I loved it. I really loved it. I, it reminded me, it was a combination of – you know, obviously, NFL football, but hockey at the same time. Because hockey, you've got the shootout where you get the guys go back and forth. It's over relatively quickly. You get your winner in a hurry. This one here, it, this this version actually is probably better than what the NHL offers because the NHL is kind of a skills competition. Mm-hmm. Get your best shooter against the best goalie. Where this is your offense against the defense. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a tie game, like it's time to man up here. 
And you know, the Vipers were not able to score. Yeah. And so I found it exciting. They would go, the Vipers would go, then the Battlehawks would go, and then you're up one nothing. And then what happens next? You come up with a big stop, you have a chance to win the game. And they did so. I was like, I'm in. I think the NFL should adopt that rule right now. And I do know in no, listening to the like broadcast that. that some of the um some of the uh, announcers said that the NFL is also looking in, you know, some of these rules that the XFL have in place are because the NFL is like asking them to test them. Oh, really? Yeah. That's Which makes sense because they are in an affiliation of some kind yeah. with the NFL. I don't know what it is exactly. Uh, but anyways, I loved it. I, I don't want to see the two-point conversion. The, the I don't want to see the overtime be adopted by the NFL. I don't. I, I would rather see – I don't want to see ties, that's for sure. But I don't want to see the, just a bunch of two-point conversions. Oh, stop it. Why you – you didn't I like that? I like it for the XFL. I don't like it for the NFL. So the, so what's your solution then for the NFL? What they have currently? Yeah. That sucks, Anthony. You end up with a tie game. I don't like ties. I wish they could eliminate the ties. Yeah, but you can't just run the players back. So the, Here's the problem with your theory. Okay. Is that the players are are being taken into account here like, oh, that's a long game. That's extra time. Harder on the defense. Harder on the offense. If it goes the full quarter or the full whatever, mm-hmm. well, we end in a tie because we don't want guys to get hurt. This doesn't end in a tie. It's short yardage, red zone offense, red zone defense, best on best. If you lose, that's up to you. Like that's your yeah, fault. What happens? What happens if both teams score? I don't. What's it's, it so goes get, to? What you get three attempts, mm-hmm. three attempts against three attempts, right? And obviously, the team with more scores after three attempts wins. What if they both score? They keep going, like the NHL shootout. I think in the NFL, you just you would just keep going. There was a college football game. A couple of years ago. I think the college football adopted this in the pandemic. And there was one college football game. I think it was a Big Ten game. And, like, not either. I don't think both teams kept scoring. Both teams couldn't score. It was two point conversions. Uh-huh. And it wound up being, I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. Illinois. It was Illinois. Sources one say Illinois. Case of Illinois it, and like As opposed Iowa. to all the ridiculous overtime slash crappy ties to the NFL's. Penn head. State, actually. Penn State. Nine overtimes, according to sources. Picking. Thank you. Cherry picked one freaking game. Yeah, I don't want to see two point two you? point conversions for the NFL overtime. Jesus, Anthony, I thought we were going to start off. Hey, with hey, Jamie, good foot this. Hey, week. Jamie, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I disagree with you. Okay, it's not that you disagree with me. It's it's, it's your take is just not good. I would. I want to see. I want to <laughs> see actual football in in the overtime I just for, watch for the NFL over and over and over. No excitement. For you, time. Anthony, a guy oh, that's I'm like... I'm sorry, Kansas City and Buffalo a couple years ago in overtime? That, was, that wasn't exciting for you? Was that a playoff game, Anthony? It was. Yeah, a little bit different, don't you think? Hmm. It's not like exciting. week five in the NFL. We're going to play to a tie. And then what happens at the end of the year? I don't know. It's a tie. Okay, Jamie. Stupid. All right. I loved it. Thank you, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Coming You're... from the guy that doesn't want to adopt the XFL rules into the NFL, I loved it. See? Andrew gets it. For the XFL. Um, How far can these battle hawks go, guys? You, get, you need one more. You need one more win to get into the playoffs, and then the playoffs are set up where one. Unfortunately, they play in the division that also includes the DC Defenders, but it's one versus two in each defender or in each division. Excuse me, and then the championship game. So you win one more playoff game, you're going to take on DC. They've beaten you twice. Yeah, that's going to be tough. That's going to be real tough. Mm-hmm. That's a good team. I think A.J. McCarron in the offense 
will keep pace with D.C., I have not seen the Battle Hawks stop a team that has committed to the run. Unfortunately, it's D.C. The ba- that basically means D.C. Yeah. Because Houston, Houston bailed on the run when you faced them. Vegas was running the ball just fine in the first quarter. I mean, your linebackers are getting washed out of basically every play. When they're when they're in when they're not in position, they're getting washed out. When they are in position, they're getting washed out. The interior offensive linemen are getting to the second level with ease. The run defense is—I'm sorry—it's a disaster and for you, the Battle Hawks. You can't get different personnel at this point. No, I mean it, it is, is what, what it is. is. But how do you fix it? You can't, right? Unless you're willing. How do you fix that, Anthony? You need to commit your safeties. Yeah, but then what? And then you're exposed in the back end, potentially. Be careful when you do that. Yes. You know that, Jamie. You know that all too well. Very much so. DC's going to run the ball 50 times. They'll they'll just commit to it because that's what they do. So that's the only, that, that is the only thing that I, I say, ah, you know what? Battlehawks can't contend. It's the only thing. Everything else. But XFL is going to be just like the NFL, right? One game, eliminations. Yes. So it, 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 all it takes is one game. When it comes to, I know that's a cliche thing to say, but when you're looking at Battle Hawks against DC, mm-hmm. you just have to have your best game for that one game. It's not, I hate putting all your eggs in that basket of, hey, yeah. maybe, no, maybe Lightning can strike twice today. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's a one game playoff. Maybe you, maybe you have the ball last too. And AJ McCarron, when healthy, puts together that one drive. We've seen it. Either way, your Battlehawks are one win away from advance to the playoffs. Gotta love it. So that was good news. We talked to the Cardinals, talked about the Cardinals the last uh, two segments. They lose two of three to Milwaukee. Battlehawks. We haven't talked about the Blues yet. They gave you a win. The Blues are looking good. But we got to get to City. We got to get to City SC. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, relatively speaking... Jamie? Yeah, if we ignore Saturday, uh, 100%. Okay, but they've been better over the last how uh, how many how many stretch of games now, Jamie? They're one of the hottest they were one of the hottest teams in the year. Thank you. Yeah. Were you going to isolate one game? No, not me, Anthony. Not the when season, it comes to the Blues. The season's been bad, Jamie. They <laughs> no. they've had a good stretch here. What have they done? Why are you going to be negative? One game. Unlike City, it's been two games now. It's been oh. wretched. Wretched soccer. That's what? next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. After five straight victories, City SC has dropped back-to-back games, and I thought—and I don't know how you guys saw—but I thought Saturday watching the game, guys, I thought that was uh, that was putrid. I didn't think it was putrid, Anthony. Uh, I didn't like what I saw. Uh, however, I will say this: is that the two teams that they've lost to, in fairness to our City SC team, those two teams are good. Minnesota had not lost a game, and Seattle is arguably one of if not the best team in the league they got a guy they had a guy coming into that game they scored 12 goals he had eight of them like it's not like they're losing to crap teams i don't like them losing don't get me wrong but i can stomach it a little more when you're playing against established teams that are actually really good 
Why are you looking at me like that? I thought. Are I, we talking I, City SC or are we talking yeah, Cardinals baseball? Seriously. What's going on here? Our guys. It's I'm only just, been seven games. Yeah, but, you know. Seven games seven, in franchise history, guys. You know, yeah. The lose, offense. Where's the offense? Yeah, but we're, I mean, sight here? were we not hyping them up for five straight games? We're not hyping them up? Well, we can only praise the soccer team. We cannot criticize the soccer team. Is that what you're saying? No, you can criticize them all you want. I'm just saying let's keep they're playing good teams? I said let's keep things in perspective that, you know, they played two really good teams in a row. Is Anthony only allowed to keep Mo accountable? Can he not keep the, the rest of the city? Great question, Marsh. Accountable? City. Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? The city. The city SC squad? Right, I'm getting yeah. my notes. Okay. I'm going to just do my notes here. See how you guys feel about it. But here, here are my notes watching that game. From a guy that doesn't know soccer. Yeah. And I watched it. I watched it in real time. So I don't know what's... I don't know the score or anything like that. I watch it in real time. Or I record and avoid the scores. And then go from there. Here we go. And I'm going to start off with a question. For my notes. This is a legit question oh, for boy. soccer fans. Is it rhetorical? No. <laughs> Can we answer it? Yes. Okay. If you guys know the answer, it'd be great. All right. Okay. All right. So there's a question for soccer fans or those that have and or those that have played like the keeper position, because I really don't know. And I saw Berkey do this early in the game. After the keepers make a save, why do they always hold their arms stretched out as if what in the H was that? Why the F am I out here having to make saves for you guys all the time? Who in the H let the ball get to me like that? I want some F and names. <laughs> do you ever know? You guys ever know this? Notice this? I do. <laughs> like every time they make a I save, do. it's not just Berkey. It's every it's every goalie. It's like they every make a save shocked. and then they're yelling at somebody. Well, because every team actually here's I don't know the answer to the, why they do that. I don't really like it personally. To me, it's showing up your teammates. But soccer's a bit of a different game, so I'm learning to be open-minded. Mm-hmm. Because if a goalie did that to me, if I gave up a breakaway goal, yeah, I'd be like, really, dude? How about the one that beat you from the blue line? Did I put my arms up in the air and be like, what the hell on that right. one? No, I didn't. Ish happens. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about. But I believe in soccer it's because every team actually believes like we're going to give up no scoring opportunities, like no scoring chance, no way. Right. And then the goalie's like, really? You give up the, the, that kind of an opportunity, that guy? Yeah. What are we doing? Sure. It's still, I don't like it. And maybe maybe it's like a directional thing, like, hey, like he's actually, I'm no, looking at him, he's I angry. I don't see that. I don't see that. But it's like, hey, you missed your assignment. Wait, or even still, why don't you just talk to him later about it? it right. You don't think that guy knows he screwed up? Every single time, it's that's what it is. They make a save, they're shocked they had to, they had to make the save, and then they're barking at their teammates. I Maybe it's a situation like a, like a safety in football where he's left one-on-one and and, he, and he's saying, how the hell did that running back get to the third level? I'm asking. So I'm just going to put that in the atmosphere because okay. I, I just noted that. All right, here's my other notes. Clawsdale clearly isn't haunting opponents in the middle of the night anymore. Every shot attempt is wide. He's doing the soccer thing where he misses and then he holds his hands over his head like, how the hell did I just miss that shot? The first five games of the season, he was just haunting opponents in the middle of the night and forcing them to set him up. (laughs) Now he's not putting in the work. He's skipping the hauntings and the scoring is dried up. Is Seattle, and this is early in the game, is Seattle serious with these shot attempts? We've got Roman Berkey. Not, and I didn't go back, uh, but I was going to write in my notes, find the worst keeper in the MLS and put his name in there. I didn't go back and do that, though. Seriously, these shot attempts at Berkey are insulting. And, and again, this we know what the 
result is, but that was earlier in the game. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing nothing Berkey was going to do on that goal. I am interested in who he was looking at when he had that exasperated look on his face that, hey, Mother Blanker, why did you allow that guy to shoot from that distance and go top shelf on me? Then they scored again. Where's the effing defense? Guys standing around ball watching out here, leaving Berkey out to dry like he's the second coming of Jordan Bennington. What the blank is going on with our defense? What, we got a little taste of adversity and now we're going to tuck tail? Opponents aren't setting us up for golden scoring opportunities because Klausdale isn't putting in the haunting work anymore and now we're just going to quit? When did the Cardinals starters show up in city jerseys? I know Wayno flipped the coin last week, but I didn't think the rest of the starters actually thought that that was their cue to dress up in city uniforms and attempt to play defense in front of Berkey. This is comedy hour right now. And you know what? After watching the replay, and this is the one where Berkey dove. Uh, this is the one where Berkey dove. I said, and you know what? After watching the replay, replay Berkey, you should have had that, my man. You're making money for a St. Louis-based team, and you're not playing like a Hall of Famer. We've got issues with that here in St. Louis. You can't just make money and not play a, play, play like a Hall of Famer. Not in this city. I've seen better hands on a blanking clock. My one-year-old has better hand-eye coordination than he fell down the stairs last week. We need more Isaac Bruce and less Tavon Austin out of you, Berkey. <laughs> wow, Anthony. I'm, hold on, I didn't get to the third wow. goal. Wow. And now an own goal. What, are we trying to make sure we give some of these own goals back? First three opponents gave us some gifts, and now we're returning the favor? It's officially woodshed time, and Seattle has us on it, behind it, and in it. We're just taking these balls in our net, not doing a, not doing that soccer at all. That's it. Embarrassing. Well said, Anthony. Well said. Uh, I will say this. When you look at the numbers, the numbers bear it out as to why things went south for St. Louis City SC. Seattle had 61% of the possession time, which is not great when you're a team that's pressing. All that means is you end up running around a whole hell of a lot throughout the game and you're not getting the ball. And so they're playing that little game of keep away with you. It's a talented team. Again, let's go back to the obvious here. This is a talented team. Uh, They're in first place here. Now they've got a goal differential of plus 12. You knew it was going to be a tough one. Uh, The fouls bear it out as well, too. St. Louis City SC, 10 fouls to 6. Criticize the officials if you want or not. What that says is that when they're taking the fouls, again, they don't have the ball. They're pressing to try and get the ball back. Can't get it back legally, so things are getting a little bit in the gray area to where you're getting a penalty called on you. Um, our guy, Timmy P., got a yellow card in that game, too. It is what it is. It's not a great game. Now they bounce back next game. Let's see. I forget who they play next year. I should have that pulled up. I thought I had it pulled up, but I guess I didn't. But, yeah, they play Cincinnati. They're on to Cincinnati. (laughs) They're literally on to Cincinnati, uh, which, by the way, Cincinnati, it doesn't get much easier. Cincinnati's first in their division or their conference. Uh, They've got seven games, played 17 points, plus five goal differential, so more of a team that plays their cards close to the chest a little bit, a little tighter. Maybe that'll help St. Louis City SC. Not the greatest couple of games in a row here for City. I thought the Minnesota game was better. This, to me, though, was a bit of an eye-opener. In a good way. Like, now you know where the bar is set for some of these guys. Like, the LAFC is another team that you're going to have trouble with. It's it's good to know. It's good to get these games in there. So now, 
uh, Bradley Carnell and the Klaus Dale. These guys can all get back to work here knowing what they're going to have to do or how hard they're going to have to play to be competitive. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stoltz with Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Back to the Cardinals. What do we think of the starting pitching? Not only the starting pitching, just the, the pitching overall this weekend in Milwaukee. Jake Woodford, is he going to stay in this rotation until Wayno gets back? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Sounder means it's time to play the lineup game here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 303. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stolzer. The Cardinals have the Colorado Rockies tonight opening up a new series. Herman Marquez is the starter for the Rockies. He is a right-hander. Right-hander for the Rockies. Pretty good pitcher. Steven Matz on the bump for the Cardinals. All right. Jamie. Yeah, hang on here. Okay. You can tell Jamie's not by the microphone. You writing your numbers? I'm getting things organized, Anthony. I take this seriously, as you do. Let me know when you're ready, kid. I'm ready now, Anthony. Brandon Donovan, what do you think? Oh, yeah, it's got to be Donnie Doolittle. Uh, Show us Brendan (laughs) Donovan. You hit the nail on the head. Sorry, Marshy, that is our bad. Um, all right, so Alec Burleson here, you think? That's that is who has been hitting second, especially with the right hander on the I hill. Think he's, so he's hitting over 300, too. Isn't I he? would say Alec Bur- Burleson as Show well. Show us that burly guy, right on, Jamie. Right on, oh, nice. Okay, Jamie, go ahead. Uh, this one's gonna be easy. Show us the big fundy, Paul Goldschmidt. I love gold. There you go. <laughs> Oh, yeah, uh, Anthony, Jamie? we have a few new ones. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> That's one wait. of them. Just wait. Go uh, ahead, Anthony. You do the honors. Show us. Nolan Arenado. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Albert Pujols, I love you, man. Okay. <laughs> I want to get that. All right, so fifth, it's yesterday. Big Willie. Yesterday was O'Neal, but he, Gutierrez, was out of the lineup. So, yeah, good call. I think Contreras. Show us. Show us. Contreras. Wilson! 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 <laughs> All right. So, O'Neal could Walker. be an option. You think Jordan Walker gets slid up? I don't know. At some point, you got to move this kid up, don't you? I think at some point, yes. But I think with a right-hander on the hill, I think this is Nolan Gorman. And I don't think that Walker is going to hit so far. I'm not saying he should or shouldn't. No, I agree. But I think that Ollie's going to have Gorman before Walker. Okay. I'm okay with that. Good? Right. Yep. Show us Nolan Gorman. Stormin' Gorman. He's taking the league by storm. Nice. Okay. All right. So then I think the next guy, I think Jordan Walker is going to stay right at eight. I think Tyler O'Neill here at seven. Okay. I'm good with that. You good with that? Yeah. I mean, I'm not. What? I, I'm tired of watching Tyler O'Neill in center. <clears throat> that was another rough one yesterday. Sorry. Well, it's not going to be Dylan Carlson. I guess a right-handed so? pitcher. Okay. All right, let's go. Let's I just go O'Neal. Th- I just don't think it's going to be. 
I'm tired of it too, Anthony. Trust me. But we're trying to think like Ollie's putting this together, not Jamie and I. Shilty, I mean Ollie's putting this together. Oh. Show us Canadian bacon. You are so wrong. I'm so happy. All right, so Dylan Carlson. So is this Dylan Carlson? Yeah. Wow. Who else? Has to be Dylan Carlson. Unless he moves up Walker. It's the only thing. But would it really be that beneficial to move him up one? Probably not. I mean, yes and no. Yes, but no. Okay. Should we go DC? I'm I'm more confused than ever now. Show us DC. Sorry, guys. And I think it's then I think it's Walker. Show us walk this way. Walk it like I talk it, talk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it, walk it like I talk it. Yeah. Nice. All right. But now that didn't really help us, Anthony. He has not hit O'Neal this far down. And if we're looking at things, we got Donovan Could be a second. Message. Goalie first, R9 third. You don't have a center fielder. H. Okay, then DC. I think it's DC. I don't think he I don't think he has O'Neal this far down. In Colorado, a bopper like O'Neal, I feel like it's a perfect time to get him going again. So what, he can sling it, swing at a couple of sliders in the dirt? Wow, well, that is quite possible, Anthony. All right, go. Well, I'll follow you. You're the baseball guy. You played college baseball. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't play. Well, you got on a college and baseball why? field, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I didn't. See? <laughs> You're more qualified. <laughs> so show us Dylan Carlson. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh boy, Chief. Oh boy, Chief. He likes it. I guess because I went to a camp, that counts. Yeah, whatever. It's closer than I got. You're playing odd kid that point. I know, but still. Uh, Tommy Edmond. Yeah, unfortunately. Show us Tommy Edmond. But right now, I'm going to need you, Tommy boy, <laughs> to get this place going. I like it. I like it. All right. Marsh, run it. All right, leading off, playing first base. No. Brendan Donovan. Really? So Goldie's getting a day off from the field, huh? Goldie's in center field. <laughs> Batting second in left field, Alec Burleson. Batting third in center field, Paul. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the DH, Paul Goldschmidt. The cleanup hitter, third baseman, Nolan Arnado. Batting fifth behind the dish is Wilson Contreras. Batting sixth, playing second base, Nolan Gorman. Wow. Batting seventh. Your right fielder, Jordan Walker, batting eighth in center field, actually, Dylan Carlson, and batting ninth, the shortstop, Tommy Edmond. I don't believe what I just saw. Home run. All right, what's our standings here, Marsh? Well, why don't we just take a look right here? One? No, no one did. You're still the only person that has. We only got one on the year. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, well with the new the rules and all, <laughs> and that <laughs> hasn't been great. Has not been great. Okay. Jamie heading into the weekend had Nolan Gorman. I had Paul Goldschmidt, and uh, Michelle and and Danny Mac had Tyler O'Neill and Wilson Contreras. Wait, I had Jordan Walker. You had Nolan Gorman hitting a home run. Oh, okay. My bad. 
I believe right, you so had Jordan Walker getting a base hit, though. I did. Right, for beat the streak. That's right. Okay. I get a little confused, Anthony. We got a lot going on. Yeah. All right, so who's up first? I don't know. I'll go first. Go for it. I think Dylan Carlson's going to hit a home run today. Batting left-handed? Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, it's going to make the outfield that much more interesting. All right. I got uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Oh, I guess you're just going to go second. Yeah. I should go first, Jamie, because I'm the only one that's got a home run. But wow. I gave it to Marsh. Yeah, like a week ago. Then I went to second. Well, when did you hit yours? A year ago? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right, who'd you pick? Goldie? Goldie. Oh, there we go. Chalk everywhere. Go ahead, Jamie. Storman Gorman. Okay. Lefty with some pop. That thing's going to carry right out of there. He's going to get two. (laughs) There you have it. Can I uh, I make a small gripe? Yeah. Here we go. I would not have, unless he's hurt. Unless he's dealing with, I don't know, like leg fatigue 12 games into the season. I would not have Goldschmidt taking a day off in Colorado and have the outfield consist of Alec Burleson and left. Why? At that ballpark? It's a, it's a bigger outfield than you think. It's a tougher outfield than so you think. So what does Goldie have to do with it? Gold, I would have Goldie at first, and I would have I would not have Burleson in the outfield. I would have Burleson as the DH. If I could if I could figure that out. Okay. That lineup construction. I'm not saying that you'd have uh, to put O'Neill back in the lineup then. Probably. Yeah. I'm not saying that Burleson isn't the greatest outfielder, especially in left field. We've seen that, especially four years ago to this day. Mm. Um, but you know, some of those reads yesterday, they weren't great. No. They weren't great. I'll leave it at that. Like I said, bigger outfield than you think. Mm-hmm. I mean, the med- the dimensions are yeah. the same, but I'm talking about how the ball. Yeah. Comes off the bat. Donk used to talk about it all the time. You can't hear each other. Why? Something, uh, the way they, the, the outfields. It's the altitude? The altitude gets in your ear. That's exactly right. No, he was saying that. Donk used to say that he couldn't hear uh, Jim Edmonds at all. The way just, that's the way it is. Well, that's a shame. Jamie. Saw Jimmy Ballgame on Saturday night, by the way. Did you? Yeah. Did you say hello? Of course I did. It's my boy. All right, we didn't get into the Cardinals pitching staff overall. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. chance to win a pair of tickets to the Blues final home game of the season. The Blues welcome the Dallas Stars to Enterprise Center on Wednesday night. And we have your chance. We have a chance to win a pair of tickets by answering the correct question that Jamie's going to throw out right now. Oh, do it right now. Us. Well, All right, have to do let's it right go, now. baby. Or do you want this to be a bit of a tease, Jamie? No, let's go. All right. Jamie, what's your what's your trivia question? Uh, out of all the Blues goaltenders in the history of St. Louis Blues, only one goalie had a tribute to the band Iron Maiden on his goalie mask. Oh. 
Who was that goalie? Text in right now, 314-399-9646. Again, 314-399-9646 for your chance to score a pair of tickets to the Blues' final home game of the season, Wednesday night against the Stars. There you have it. It's a good trivia question. Yeah, deep dive now. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Come on. Uh, even though you lost two of three to the the Brewers in Milwaukee, Wait, what the started? Yeah, that's we right. Did? Yeah, they lost two of three. Yeah, they lost they Friday night. Saturday, they did win on Saturday, March. That's a fact. They yeah. also lost on Friday and on Sunday. Oh, How did you feel about the starting staff, guys? Comparatively speaking, uh, not great. No, no, I really didn't feel great about it, Anthony. I thought Jake Woodford didn't look as terrible. Okay, but is uh, so? Let me ask you this: I'm not even being a jerk. Yeah. Are we celebrating that now? That's what we're looking at. Like, I, no. I understand his his first start was not very good. His second start was slightly better. Mm-hmm. But we're celebrating three runs. No, like, I don't think he's a starter. I feel bad for him because it's getting. Well, maybe it's better for him that everybody else is kind of not pitching very well either. Yeah, well, he's not right. He's not. He's not the sore thumb. But I don't think. I don't is think. That what's he's wrong a, with him? No, 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 Jamie. It's a metaphor. Oh, because yeah. like you do hold the ball a no, lot Jamie, of pressure on yeah, that thumb. You're Anthony. taking this way too literally. Well, I thought I you were giving us an insider nope, tip on that. Or nope. I mean, in the rotation, he's not the sore thumb. <laughs> no, I don't think he's a big league starter. Or if he is, he's a he's a starter on a non contender. I'm not I'm not crushing Jake Woodford. He had an excellent spring. I don't think his stuff is that of a starter. On a contender, which I still consider the Cardinals, despite them being three and six, and the three one eight saying they've given up. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, did, did you say the three one eight? Yeah, six one eight. I always screw that up. <laughs> I always like, screw that up. It took a minute. This guy is so so dedicated to to sharing his uh, his hatred for the Cardinals. You'd think I'd get his name right. I'm sorry, six one eight. Yeah, the six one eight. He said they've, they've, the offensive has already given up. Huh. So has this team. And so have you and I, Jamie. I've never given up Because we, we're we not taking this seriously, that the Cardinals are okay oh, with losing. I'm taking it seriously. I'm just trying to spin a little bit of humor on it so that I don't go absolutely stir-crazy this early yeah, in the season. Over 162 games. Oh, you guys are enjoying losing? Yeah, I'm not. Which, by Doug. the way, um, it's official, guys. Tyler O'Neill will not be able to play that 160 he wanted to play. Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. I know we're talking about the pitching. I'm done with him in center field. Why? I, I think he takes horrendous jumps. I think his, his, his the angles that he is taking, including oh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. The, some of the what angles are, are questionable. Who was like that? Oh, it was uh, Dickerson. Corey Dickerson. Dickerson. He horrified me out there. and uh, He would take an, an angle that you're like, there's no way right. he can get it. And he's a DH. Really? I know he's an outfielder, but he's a DH, and we're you're you're reminded of 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 watching a DH when you watch Tyler O'Neill is essentially what I just heard you say, which is puzzling to me because he's a Gold Glove left fielder. Fine, put him in left. I know I'm not being an idiot. I know you don't have to be so angry. About I, that it. wasn't at you. I'm saying the solution is put him back in left field. Jamie, that wasn't at you. Like, Fine, put him back in left field. Mm-hmm. It really felt like it though, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Jamie, what the hell. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I've I've made a lot of people upset. We got soccer fans you're upset just so at angry us today. Like I I'll, get it. There's a lot to be angry mm, about. I listen. Listen. Usually I, I don't condone it. I'm okay with it, but be angry for the right reason. I've heard a lot of feelings today, and I do apologize that you guys are feeling that way. But Jamie, yeah, I agree with you. Okay. Then to I agree with you, comma or period. Then move him to left. Is that better? That's better actually. Okay. It All makes right. more sense. The jumps that Tyler O'Neill's getting in center, 
awful. I wonder, how, wonder why player. that is. That's, that's kind of puzzling to me because he was drafted as a center fielder, and then even playing in the outfield in general, you have to have good routes, good good jumps, whether it's left, right. I know the, it's, the demand is higher in center field. Mm-hmm. But don't you find that a little weird that it's just he seemed so out of place? Yeah, he should. Be, I, based on the skill set, to your point, he should. I I would think that he would be better in center field. Literally drafted as a center fielder. Sure. I just find it interesting. I don't really have anything more to say, but I just find it interesting. Well, he's not in center field tonight. It's going to be Dylan Carlson, as we know. He's going to bat eighth, and Tyler O'Neill is not in the lineup. But getting back to the pitching staff, I don't, again, I think Jake Woodford, if you want to leave him in the rotation until Adam Wainwright is ready, fine. If he gave, if he gives you what he gave you yesterday, which is essentially what fifth starters give you, okay. But to your earlier point, Jamie, at some point, you're gonna need you're gonna need better production. If if one through four you're getting excellent starts, your fifth is like okay, whatever. You know, hey, gonna need a little more offense that day. But you're not getting much outside of Jake outside of a Jordan Montgomery. That's it. So oh, you, you can't really put up with you know a guy that's that's pitching fifth that is doing that that is throwing what he's throwing. Like the stuff doesn't play. At this level, I'm kind of out on Jake Woodford being a starter. I feel like you gave him his two opportunities, and he really hasn't he hasn't, hey, he hasn't shown anything great. If there's a few clean innings yesterday, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean Matthew Libertor, we talked about him on Friday. He's starting to deal down in Memphis. Maybe give him a, a shot. He's had two really good starts in a row. If yeah. you're if you're a Libertor or you're somebody that you know knows him and understands the situation, tell him. This is this is your opportunity mm-hmm. here. You're gonna you you could I'm not talking about next start, but I'm talking about having an excellent April in Memphis. Because if Woodford needs to be moved out, or Wayno comes back and he don't he doesn't look right, and the opportunities are there because the starting staff isn't looking good. Hey Matthew Libertor, go out and deal. Go out and deal. Force force your hand to get back to the big league roster. Otherwise, I think going back to Jake Woodford. He is a, a fine fire. It, he's a fireman guy. Up six, down six. You need three innings. Go for it. But I don't. I do not think that he's a big league starter. Maybe. Maybe I'm putting the cart before the horse. No, I think you're pretty accurate. Other than that, Jack Flaherty looked like he did the first outing, and uh, Montgomery dominated. That's yeah, it. That's your really starting staff. Who's on the bump tonight, Matts? Yep. So this is his second time. He's going to have to give us something here. Yes, and this I know it's I know it's Coors Field, but this Colorado offense. You're not you're not facing you're not facing uh, you know Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado and you know no I just want some consistency. Yep. That's all I'm looking for from the, this rotation here over the next handful of starts is consistency. Well, they've been pretty Less consistent. Walks, more strikeouts. It's true bad. Well, okay. You know what, Andrew? That's a good point. Uh, positive consistency. Yeah, it makes more sense. Nick Nick from O'Fallon Mo won the tickets, by the way, to our, our Blues trivia contest today. Mo. Oh, no, oh, you're talking about Missouri. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jamie. Yeah, the Please. answer is Roman Turek. Roman Turek. A lot of people here um, think Chris Mason. Well, no, Roman Turek was the Blues goalie that had Iron Maiden on his goalie mask. There you have it. 
That's your trivia question. We have uh, do we have more tickets to give away? Yeah, tomorrow all week. Tomorrow. Anthony, all week well, at least until it. Wednesday. Yeah, and then we'll stop. Yeah, yeah. because the, that'd be the last game. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. What's trending is next. We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Gentlemen, Brooks Kepka, Live Golf. They had the opportunity to win the Masters. How'd that work out? Well, he blew it, Anthony. Brooks Kepka blew it. John Rahm wins the Masters. So congratulations to him. But just an epic, an epic uh, collapse from Brooks Kepka. Granted, they had to play, you know, a few more extra rounds or a few more extra holes on Sunday because of the weather. Um, but uh, just a tough, tough blow for for Brooks Kepka. Yeah, well, look, I actually feel like this was a positive for Brooks Kepka, and the reason I say that is he kind of disappeared into no man's land here. Uh, I don't say he'd become irrelevant because that's not nice. He's still one of the best golfers in the world, but his success hadn't really been there, and so for him to come, you know, back onto the scene at the Masters and be in the discussion heading into the final round. I think that's a positive. The one that shocked me about the whole weekend, first of all, Rom did a great job of closing that out. You get to the final round, and champions close out mm-hmm. the Masters, and he did that. He didn't give any opportunity. He gave no breathing room for anybody else to gain ground on him, which was what mm-hmm. you got to do. Phil Mickelson, though, guys, this guy looked like holy hell going into this thing. I mean, I looked at him. I'm like, who the heck is that guy? You were very negative. He had the big, he's got the big 70s smoky glasses on. He's skinny. He looks like he'd been through the ringer. He finishes tied for second at minus eight Mm -hmm. with a final round of 65. The best final round of anybody his age ever. It's incredible what he did. Uh, to, to close out that tournament and live golf, say what you want about live golf. They end up with, you know, two guys tied for second in this one here. So it is what it is. It's still, you know, one of the most entertaining tournaments uh, out there, but I thought it was good. I thought Rom proved a lot about who he is by closing it out. And then I thought Mickelson and Kepka, if nothing else, burst kind of back onto the scene with this. Sammy Blay. Was nominated for the uh, Bill Masterson. Masterton. Masterton. Ten, not son, mm-hmm. Anthony. Uh, Bill Masterton. <laughs> the the award and uh, well-deserved. I mean, Sammy Blay has been unbelievable since coming back to the Blues. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the Blues aren't going to make the playoffs this year, but it's good to see someone hopefully getting some hardware by the end of the year. We got the more productive player in that deal. Well, we did so far, that's for sure. So far. No, the, the, the Bill Masterton Trophy is awarded to somebody who um, you know, perseveres basically through something. And there's a lot of guys who have had you know, certain events that have happened. Well, for Sammy Blay, it was the blown out ACL and then battling back and having the season, at least this is the last part of the season that he's had with the Blues. 
So hats off to, to Sammy Blay. It's going to be a tough one for him to win. There are a lot of guys out there that overcame a lot of different things, a lot of different adversity, but it is a uh, it, it is a great thing for Sammy Blay to be nominated for this award, especially now since he's back here with the blue note on his chest. We've talked about this with BT uh, quite often when they go up to Milwaukee. And, of course, the Cardinals were up there for a three-game series. Jeff Jones tweeted on Friday, Spooky stories. Wilson Contreras was assigned a hotel room last night on the older side of the legendary haunted Fister Hotel in Milwaukee. He said he took one step into the room and immediately realized the vibes were off. Ooh. Called the traveling secretary and swapped rooms. Really? The vibes were off, Anthony. So how Did, do you Have feel? you been to the Fister? Jeremy? No, no. I, I've been wanting to be there. Uh, I've just never had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I heard it's exciting, if nothing mm. else. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, Anthony, I don't know where you fall on this type of thing. Are you scared of things like that or or not? Like scared of like, I don't know, spirits or ghosts and like does that worry no. you or can I tell you a story? There was a ghost in here last week. Yeah, there was. I am a little weirded out by that. That one the ghost pushed me and I hit my head, and then the ghost yeah. forced Marcia to hit uh, his knee. Him. Oh. And then played music out of nowhere. At one yeah, point. played yeah, exactly. But here's so here's my take on this before you give us yeah. your story. My take on this is people automatically assume it's an evil spirit. What if it's not? Mm-hmm. Like, why do we always go there? We always go to, like, paranormal activity or the the exorcist. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> it's going to be the worst thing. What if Could it's not? Nice Good ghost. spirit has their head spinning around. Like, Fair point. Hello, Jamie. That doesn't sound evil, or that doesn't sound like a good spirit. No, that isn't, Andrew, but what if it is one that is? What if it's like someone like us that's coming back and we're like, we just want to hang out, man. We're (laughs) bored in this spirit world. Like, I'm caught in between because God can't figure out if I belong there or not. I mean, it very well could be me. That's a funny joke, Anthony. Boom! You had your chance, Jamie, and you you decided that you wanted to go back and play hockey. I did. Yeah, but things like that don't... They don't scare me. Maybe I'm naive. I don't know. No, so a good, no, that's a good call. That's a really adult way to look at that, Jamie. Like, yeah, maybe the maybe the ghosts are not after your soul. They just want to yeah. hang out. Yeah, they don't have want fun. Soul. Um, I'll make this very quick. No, probably not. <laughs> uh, I'll make this very quick. When I was uh, when I was young, I was a, I was a little boy, Marsh. You're all freaked out by ghosts, you know. I always thought there was a ghost living in my parents' bedroom. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where the ghost lived. Apparently, not under the, not under my bed, not in my closet, but in my parents' closet. And I just, I was convinced. Oh, I don't know why. I had no. Uh, yeah, that's right. I had no evidence of this at all. But one day, I decided to get over my fears. I decided to go in that room and I started to shout at that ghost in that closet. And I said, "Why don't you come out here right now and fight me? <laughs> if you're a real ghost, you fight me right here." No ghost came out. And boy, I walked out of there. Chest out. Chest out. <laughs> loving life. Bells the size of church bells. That's right, because I thought maybe that ghost was out of there. You know mm. what that ghost thought when you said that? The vibes are off. I'm not coming out. <laughs> the vibes are off in this room. <laughs> that kid's insane. Yeah, I'm a nice ghost. <laughs> yeah. I'm, then... not, I'm not going out there. This guy wants to fight me. So you guys have heard of the Lemp Mansion? Yes. Here in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. No, I so haven't. It's, it's no? By, it's, Enlighten me. Well, if you Google it, it'll just give you okay. a whole bunch. You don't want to tell me? A little I'm bit of a I'm going to tell you right now. I'm trying to help you out here a little okay. bit, Andrew. If you be quiet, I could tell you something. <laughs> Whatever. Kids these days. 
don't know it, but they want to talk about it. Kids these days fighting ghosts. <laughs> the, the Lemp Mansion is synonymous with like spiritual things that have happened and people who have stayed there have had certain things go on in their rooms and whatnot. A lot of ghost, air quotes, sightings or, or encounters. So one time with a bunch of people, they were like, hey, let's go stay at the Lemp Mansion. I was like, let's do this. And some of the people were like, not like they're, they consider themselves like ghost hunters or some of those adventurous people. And I'm like, I'm in, let's do this. So we went down there and stayed at the Lemp Mansion. Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And I kept stirring things up. I was doing things. They're like, don't do that. You know, it's going to make them angry. Or I'm like, well, I want something. Show me right. something. I'm here. And, uh, might, as well, might as well see something. Nothing happened. I was a little disappointed, although, you know, it is what it is. But I, I wanted something to, I wanted to leave there the next day and be like, yeah, this happened. Yeah. And it scared the bleep out of me or I was okay with it. So do you then... Do you have a hard time believing in ghosts? I don't have a hard time believing them at all. I absolutely feel like there is like a whole bunch of spirits everywhere and, you know, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I I guess I had a harder time believing some of the stories that have been written about the Lemp Mansion following, you know, being there for, I don't know, 12 or 14 hours and nothing happening. Like at all. The basement was kind of scary, though, or kind of creepy. Yeah, I'm looking right at it right now. Yeah. Um... Doesn't look like, you know, a basement that I like to have fun in. With no, a nice it's got TV, a bunch of like a, know, apparently like underground tunnels and stuff. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it. And apparently that's where the most action is down in the basement. And yeah, I was that makes sense. Rattling things around. And... No, you were inviting to the ghost. Apparently I was aggravating, and then apparently oh. they said uh, shouldn't do that. And then I blacked out for 20 minutes and I was told that I was levitating. <laughs> so, I don't remember it. But I don't remember. And I was drinking, too. So. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. This is the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. A little bit later on in the show, we have some blues cues. So if you want to send in some blues-related questions, 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. What's up, Jamie? Ah, the 816 says Jamie needs to feel hands all over his body, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Damn Prefer- right I do. Preferably ancestors, but... Um, well, maybe not. Okay. What's the best version of this outfield for the Cardinals? Preferably one that hits. That's next on 101 ESPN. Speaking of seeing ghosts. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. a shot hammer to left. Yelich going back. He's going to turn. That ball is off the top of the wall and gone. A J-bomb for Walker and the Cardinals are pouring it on. Chip Carey, Bally Sports from on the call as the Cardinals uh, win a game in Milwaukee. Win a game in Milwaukee, guys. Three game series. They did win that one on Saturday. That was a good game. You're going to celebrate. That was the one to celebrate. What version of the outfield, Jamie, is the best version? And do you care? Oh, of course I care, Anthony. It's our Cardinals we're talking about here. Absolutely care. Uh, best version of the outfield. Hmm. Well, I think it's to be determined to a certain extent because you haven't seen what Lars Newpark can do this year. Have you? Not really. 
Outside so, of sliding into third base and injuring his thumb, no. No, but if you're getting the version of Lars Newtbar that you think you were going to get, it changes some things a little bit. Mm-hmm. It all of a sudden becomes more competitive out there. Jordan Walker, for me, I, I mean, I said this last week, find yourself a place to live, kid. Like, go buy a home. You're going to be here for a really long time, we hope. Mm-hmm. He's not going anywhere. Dylan Carlson's having himself a good year. Tyler O'Neill's not having a great year. Not yet. Alec Burleson's having himself a fine year. So how, what is your best version of the outfield then? Your best version of the outfield probably consists of Alec Burleson, Jordan Walker, and Dylan Carlson right now. Right now, but that's yeah. not ultimately. And that's not the best defensive version If either. that's what you're hanging your hat on, Anthony, that ain't great. Well, you asked me the question, Jamie, I answered it. No, I don't appreciate your tone. I'm moving the conversation forward, Anthony. As we look at this Cardinals outfield, who has to be your best version? Who has to be? All things considered, Jordan Walker, Newt, and either Tyler O'Neill or Dylan Carlson. And I would say Dylan Carlson. I won't even ride the fence on that. I'll say Dylan Carlson. Don't You don't think that Tyler O'Neill has to be a part of that for you to be successful? Has to? No. Wow. No. Is he reliable? Well, he seems like a pretty reliable guy. As a baseball player. Oh, yeah. To be I'm, determined. Not even, I'm not even talking about just injuries. Is he a reliable player? No. Well, obviously not. Based on what we've had happen so far this season. Correct. So my best version, including defense, is is Walker, Newbar, and Dylan Carlson. If those are the three guys... Does that scare anybody, though? If it's the Newt from the second half of last year on and Jordan Walker continuing to do what he's doing and Dylan Carlson taking the next step, yeah, I think it scares people. I mean, we're not we're not we're not talking about the greatest outfield known to man, but that that outfield will do absolutely. What don't you like about that outfield? What has left you unsatisfied? Lack of pop. It's left me unsatisfied. Like I really feel, and look, I have been just as critical, if not more critical, of Tyler O'Neill than most people for very various reasons. But I feel like if this team and this outfield in particular are going to be successful, you need him. Like you absolutely need you need his twenty-five to thirty home runs. Let's not even get crazy with the thirty-four that he hit the one year. Let's go twenty-five dingers. You need that. You're not gonna get twenty-five from Newt. You're not gonna get twenty-five from Carlson. It's a big stretch to even imagine you'll get twenty-five from Jordan Walker in his rookie season. So who else is left to hit you to to be that guy that can mash up like that? What if it's not just Hall of Hall of Fame? What if it's not just wow, you home runs? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Wow. What if it's not just home runs though? And what if what if I told you that yeah, you know guys that that... can stay healthy and got <sighs> and you're going to get good defense and you're going to get good base running and it's not it's not just home runs and then you know. The questioning on the base pass and the questioning in center field. Because to me, Tyler O'Neill has not been impressive at all. I don't know how you guys feel. But Jordan Walker has been one of, if not the only guy outside of Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arnauto, that that, that has been impressive. And Brandon Donovan started off really good in the last four or five games. It's not been great because Marsh cursed him. But when it comes to 
the players that have been like imp- truly impressive from the start, it's been Jordan Walker, Goldschmidt, and Arenado. And, and, and Arenado really hasn't even really heated up yet. He got home run number 300. He Anthony. did. He did. And maybe now that it's that's kind of, that milestone is gone. Oh, I'm sure that soft, one was bothering but, him, yeah. Right. But he, look, defensively <laughs> he's still playing well. Hey, you know what, guys? Just make jokes. It's fine. Cardinals are in last place right now. The Cardinals are in last place. You guys place, enjoy losing? And you guys must enjoy losing. I, I hate it more than any in the world. The only thing that saves me from going insane is laughter. This is sickening that the Cardinals are in last place and you're just, you're, you guys are just joking around. We yeah. get a text from the 618. The question is, what's the best version of the outfield? The 618 says, whatever version that wins the you-know-what game. There yeah. you go. Okay. I'm with the 618. I don't disagree. How about we just put Tyler O'Neill back in left field? Like, let's let's quit taxing this guy because apparently the arbitration that was too difficult for him to deal no. with. I'm being honest and facetious all at the same time, I know. Anthony. Go ahead. And then playing center field has been too taxing on him. He's trying to hold back and play the 160, which he won't get to now anyway. But let's just put him back in left field. You got two Gold Gloves in left field. You don't really have to focus on learning a new position here. Just stay healthy in left field and, you know, get a ding-dong Johnson every now and then. Get me 25 to 30 of those bad boys, and we're we're great with you, Tyler mm-hmm. O'Neill. I think there's a competition at center field between Lars and Dylan. Uh, Dylan has been inconsistent, to say the least, but this year has been Slightly better, bit of an uptick. And then right field, I think Jordan Walker's your fixture. And when you need to give the kid a break, because this is, he is going to need a break here. So news flash to Cardinal Nation. He's never played a 162-game schedule. The minor leagues don't play that many games. The pandemic season was short and it was weird. It was all these things. So there will be some fatigue that hits this young man, even though he's a monster, even though physically he's, I, I mean, a well-put-together guy, a young guy. He's got the youth, the energy, all that there's still a mental fatigue that's going to hit him as well. You're going to need to give him some days off. Mm-hmm. So for me, the there is a rotation out there in the outfield, but your best version, at least in my opinion, is O'Neal, Carlson, and Walker. Newt coming in off the bench. When he's out there again? Yeah. What, why? What has O'Neal done that, that that makes you like, oh, okay, you're good. You're good with O'Neal. Well, if the, the guy's thing. not hitting home he runs. He brings something th- to the table that the other guys can't. That's the bottom but line. But he's not. But I he's know not. he's not. I get mm. it. He came without the gift, the welcoming gift of home runs. Just didn't bring it to that dinner party we were talking about. I agree, but who hit a home run opening day? Who he else? Did. Apart from Brandon Walker. Donovan. Apart from Walker, what other outfielder has a home run? I mean, Alec Burleson, right? But does Dylan Carlson have a home run yet? I mean, the guy isn't really getting a ton of playing time. Okay, but make up anything you want. At the any moment, Tyler O'Neill is able to go yard with that thing. I know that's not the end-all, be-all. I get it. That's why I say put him back in left field. Let the brain simmer down and just nobody knows what to do in left field. And maybe then he gets more consistent, less out of his own head when he's at the plate. Okay, we gotta get to the gauntlet. Let's, but let's, let's. Jamie Jamie did his, okay? He did the emphatic, when Newt is healthy, you have Newt as your fourth outfielder. I correct? do. When, when Newt is healthy, O'Neal's my fourth outfielder. It's, I, I mean, right. I, it's not even close for me. Marsh, where are you? How many games has Newt played this year? Yeah, when healthy. What? 
You're giving me the Tyler O'Neill one healthy. Why won't you use it for Newt? Well, this is the first time. First time he got hurt. It's the first time he started the season here, too. Give me an hour, okay? And then we'll talk about O'Neill and whether or not he's back on the IL. I'm sorry. I went personal there because you ticked me off, Jamie. I still think Carlson's Sorry, it's O'Neill and his family. Fourth outfielder. I do like having Tyler O'Neill in the lineup. Who's your fourth outfielder? But in left field. Uh, Carlson. Okay. I mean, what Jamie's saying is not wrong. It's just no we wonder, haven't seen no it No wonder yet. we're in last place. We haven't seen it. Oh, hey, you, hey why do you calm down over there? Throwing things off the wall, which we just had wrapped. It's beautiful in here, and this is why we can't have nice things. No wonder they won't replace these headphone things, and we have to continuously toggle with them to hear people. By the way, so I don't see you, I wish, I wish I didn't hear what you guys just said about their fourth outfielder. Does Jordan That's Walker continue to play until he does not get a base hit? Jordan Walker plays. Period. Like ever, okay. I'm talking. When's the first time? Oh, so he the is first day he doesn't get a hit, you're gonna bench him, Marshy? That's good for his well, confidence. What if he's got like a? You know, you believe you're that? saying no, I can't. No, 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 no. You're saying he needs time. I'm not giving him that time until he does not get a base hit. We need to get to the goal. Wow. Okay, we need to get. That's to the harsh. This the is kid has this is going too, off the rails. Know, whatever. Go on the next. I want to win his Unbelievable. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can you survive the gauntlet? Four oh three. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, and we have Peter. Welcome in, Peter. How are you? Doing really well. How you guys doing? Doing. Hey. Uh, yeah, we're fighting a lot today, Peter. Honestly, right now. yeah, fighting a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, who would you like to take on today in the gauntlet? Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, or myself? I'm going to say Mars to exclude him from any closing opportunity, but Rampany sounding pretty rattled today, so Good maybe call. I got a shot against you. Well, I hope you like hockey, Peter, because the wheel loves <laughs> hockey when it comes to me. Yeah. So. Anthony, you love hockey, though. I do. I do. Uh, I'm just not good at trivia, hockey trivia, Jamie. That's a good point. Yeah. All right, Peter, good luck. All right. All right, Peter, as Anthony makes his way to the cone of silence, we, uh, we're we going to have the wheel here. Marshy's getting it ready right now. So, Peter, whenever you're ready, you just tell Marshy to spin that wheel. All right, Marsh, spin that wheel. Ooh, aggressive today, Andrew. You're still fired up from the last segment, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. All right. You got to be kidding me. Let's see oh. here. Oh, slowing oh. down here. Getting ready. All right, Peter, how do you feel about baseball? Let's do it. All right, as Marshy breaks out the uh, the questions here from our super secret file. We'll go over the rules here. Each question is worth two points if you don't use the options and you answer correctly. If you use the options, answer correctly, you only get one point. Of course, if you get it wrong, you get it wrong. If we're tied after four questions, we'll go to a tiebreaker and we will get a winner here today in the gauntlet. Peter, are you ready? I am ready. Let's do this. All right. Again, the category is baseball. Question one. George Springer had a five-hit day on opening day against the Cardinals. Which team also had a player with a five-hit game on opening day this season? Mm, I think I know the player, but can't remember the team. Give me the answer. All right. Was it the Chicago White Sox, the Baltimore Orioles, or the Chicago Cubs? 
let's go White Sox. Final answer. Thank you. Question number two. Which team had the longest opening day win streak tied with the Boston Bean Eaters with 10 straight opening day victories in the 1800s before it was snapped this season? I need the options on it. Sorry. Options are the Milwaukee Brewers, the San Francisco Giants, or the Houston Astros. Astros, final answer. Okay, thank you. Question three, Peter. The Boston Red Sox and which other team hold the record for most runs scored in an MLB regular season game, putting up 29 runs in 1955 against the Kansas City Athletics? What year was that? 1955. Just yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's go with the New York Giants. New York Giants. Final answer? Final answer. All right. Final question. Before the Twins moved to Minnesota, they were originally from Washington. What was their team name in Washington? Uh, Washington Senators. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Peter, great job. We'll get uh, Anthony back in here sometime today. I don't know, he's moving pretty slow today. I don't like his attitude. I don't like his body language. I'll Mm. tell you that much, Peter. But he's back in here now, so we'll let Anthony get set up here. And uh, there we go. He's back. Anthony, how you doing? David Posternock. No. Oh. No. Uh, His name's Peter, our contestant. I just assumed. Hi, Peter. Hello again. He's Peter, and you better pack a lunch. Oh, boy. Category, Anthony. Baseball. Question one. Hmm. George Springer had a five-hit day on opening day against the Cardinals. Which team also had a player with a five-hit game on opening day this season? Five-hit day. Five-hit game opening day. Hmm. Hmm. I'm probably going to need the options on this one, but let me let me just think real quick. Who else had a pretty big game? Probably played for the Blue Jays. They had a lot of hits. All right, I'll just ask the options. Was it the Chicago White Sox, the Baltimore Orioles, or the Chicago Cubs? White Sox or oh, it was, oh, it was uh, uh, Adley Rushman. It was the Orioles. Final answer. Final answer. Question number two. Which team had the longest opening day win streak tied with the Boston Bean Eaters with 10 straight opening day victories in the 1800s before it was snapped this season? The Bean Eaters, Anthony. (laughs) You know. I'll take take the options. Yeah. Good call, though, Jamie. You should probably know that one. The Milwaukee Brewers, the San Francisco Giants, or the Houston Astros? Who had the longest opening day win streak? Well, tied with the Boston Bean Eaters. Brewers, Giants, or Astros? Uh, I'm going to go Astros, final answer. All right, Antoine, question number three. The Boston Red Sox and which other team? 
hold the record for most runs scored in an MLB regular season game, putting up 29 runs in 1955 against the Kansas City Athletics. I, Peter and I agreed. It seems like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the options, please. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, okay. Was it the Philadelphia Phillies, the New York Yankees, or the Chicago White Sox? Yankees seem a little too obvious, right? Uh, I'll go with the Phillies. Final answer. Okay, thank you. Question number four. Before the Twins moved to Minnesota, they were originally from Washington. What was their team name in Washington? Uh, Senators. Final answer. Are you sure? Yeah, final answer. <laughs> it didn't matter. You said final answer, Anthony. That's you don't correct. get it. You don't get it, do you? Nope. All right, let's go over these. All right, question number one. George Springer had a five-hit day on opening day against the Cardinals. Which team also had a player with a five-hit game on opening day this season? Peter, you took the options. You said Chicago White Sox. Anthony took the options. You said the Baltimore Orioles. Answer is? It's the Baltimore Orioles. One, nothing, Anthony, after one. And you were right, it was Adley Rushman. Mm-hmm. Question three, which I couldn't believe you guys took the options for this, but still, <laughs> whatever. The Boston Red Sox and which other team hold the record for most runs scored in an MLB regular season game? That number was 29 runs, and, in 19, and it was in 1955 against the Kansas City Athletics. Peter, without the options, he said the New York Giants. Anthony, with the options, you said the Philadelphia Phillies. Answer is? It's the Chicago White Sox. Chicago White Sox. So Anthony up one nothing still after two questions. Let's head over to question number four. Before the Twins moved to Minnesota, they were originally from Washington. What was their team name in Washington? Peter, you said the Senators. Anthony, you said the Senators. Answer is? It's the Senators. Neither of you needed the options. We're down to the final question here. Which team had the longest opening day win streak tied with the Boston Bean Eaters with 10 straight opening day victories in the 1800s before it was snapped this season? Peter. You said the Astros. Anthony, you took the options. Said the Astros. Answer is... It's the Houston Astros. Peter also used the options. <laughs> Peter... You have chosen poorly. You lose! <laughs> Peter, I'm sorry, man. He got you today. It's all good. It was a close one. Hope y'all can uh, sing some kumbaya and get along for the next couple of hours. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Peter, yeah. as you know, it's going to completely depend on Anthony. And uh, at this point, I'm not very hopeful. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much, guys. <laughs> Have a good one. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Have a great Peter. one. All right, there you have it. He's had enough of you, Yeah, he Anthony. is. He's done. Yep. He literally called you out. He did. He politely tried he... to sandwich that in there with you guys. Yeah. We know exactly who he was talking Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Marcia, yeah, you felt okay. it too, right? Yeah, I, I mean, he didn't say it directly, but he 
might as well have said, Anthony, I don't like your attitude. Right. Yeah. I don't like you, your soccer notes, uh, or your face. That's and basically I feel like what Peter said. should be rewarded for that somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll, we'll invite him back tomorrow. Maybe. Uh, I'll give Anthony the loss. And <laughs> we'll go on from there. Yeah, we'll move on. Yeah. Hey, don't forget to get your blues cues in, your blues related questions to the Air Comfort Service text line at 314 399 9646. We have that coming up in about uh, 15 minutes or so. What adjustments could slash should Ali Marmel make huh. right now with this lineup? How much time have you got? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What adjustments could or should Ollie Marmel make when it comes to either the lineup or the rotation? It is early, guys, but the one adjustments adjustment I would make, and we've been kind of talking about this at various times throughout the course of the show, the one adjustment I would make is moving Tyler O'Neill out of center field. Now, he's not starting there tonight. Dylan Carlson's going to start in center where Tyler O'Neill's not playing. And and I've been, you know, I've been kind of banging this drum a lot throughout the course of the day, Jamie, but... To me, I would give Dylan Carlson a little bit of a run here. I would give At him a little field? bit of a run in center field, in the lineup. He had a he had a good spring. He's the one that really hasn't had a long runway thus far. I would I would let him go. Go for it. Yeah. I don't disagree. I, I actually don't disagree at all. I think Dylan Carlson is still being evaluated based on last year at times, which it's not fair. It's not fair to the player. And whether Ollie and his staff are just sort of stuck in that rut, yeah, it's fine. I, I get it. I, I understand how it happens, but at the same time, I always feel like you should reward the player in the now too. Mm-hmm. And one game doesn't make a season, but you can't get to two games if you don't give him the opportunity. Right. You can't get to three games if he doesn't get the opportunity. And right now, Tyler O'Neill has not seized center field. Like that's what you thought was going to happen. He demanded center field, for lack of better words. He said, I want to be in center field. Okay, here's your opportunity. He hasn't taken it and grasped it so hard that nobody can get in there right now. So Dylan Carlson, knowing what he can do defensively in center field, he's very comfortable in center field. His biggest issue was batting from the left side last year. It didn't Mm -hmm. look good. It looked ugly. Well, we find out he was battling injury for a big portion of the season. This year, spring training, and so far, regular season, he's looked fine. Yeah. Why not go there? I agree with you 100%. Now, I don't know what you're going to do about the rotation as of right now. Ali, Ali's not going to make any sort of adjustments and magically get Sandy Alcantara back from Miami. There's nothing he can do. This is the, this is the roster that he, that he has been given, and I'll s- state what I stated on Friday when I noted, or Thursday when I was, when I was here. I, this, this starting pitching is not going to be as bad as it is right now throughout the course of the year. That doesn't mean it's going to be good enough. It's not. You don't have a good enough starting rotation right now to make any sort of deep run in the postseason. I'll say it again because I know a lot of people get upset anytime we talk about the starting pitching and the, and how the starting pitching is probably going to be better than what it is. And people are like, well, it's still not good enough. I agree. We're not arguing here. I'm with you. Jamie's with you. But this is what Ali has on his on his roster right now when it comes to starting pitching. Miles Michaelis is not going to carry a nine ERA, just as Jordan Montgomery wasn't going to be mid like he was in his first start. He was outstanding in a second one. 
Miles Michaelis will start to pitch better. He'll pitch like the back of his baseball card indicates. Steven Matz, I think, will be fine when it's all said and done. Now, he drew a very difficult matchup the first time through with the Braves, and now he's going to be pitching at Coors Field. Could it get worse before it gets better? It might. But I think the starting pitching will be okay and not be a dumpster fire throughout the course of the year. Period. Start new sentence. Still not good enough to win a World Series, a pennant, or multiple playoff series. I agree. Um, I totally agree. And I feel like we've beaten that up quite a bit, as we should. Do you have any other moves? Because I have a couple other suggestions for Ollie. Woodford gets one more start. And it should come against either a Pirates lineup that is actually kind of it's it's better than what well, O'Neill Cruz on the shelf for four yeah months. four months that that took a big hit but they're they've got some speed they've got a little bit more pop than I thought but still it's the Pirates I think the, I think Woodford's lined up to face the Pirates in his next go around if not it's going to be I think the Diamondbacks either way it's not going to be the lineup that he that he just he's drawn the first two times through the uh, rotation but I give him one more start so you're if headed not, to the pitching for this for this yeah if you got another lineup adjustment go for it Excuse I've me. got a, a couple here look Tommy Edmond has not been hitting well this year. He hasn't, and I, I it, it, you're not winning baseball games. So it's not panic, but you're three series into the season, and if Tommy Edmond, for whatever reason, doesn't start off well in this series against the Rockies, I'd bench him. They don't mean like, oh, he's benched. I mean, I'd give him a rest, and i put Brendan Donovan in at, at shortstop. I'd give Gorman a run at second base, and Burleson would take over that DH spot. I put O'Neill in left field, Dylan Carlson in center, and Walker in right. See what it looks like. Brendan Donovan can play shortstop. You know that. And it's not like you're totally pissed off at Tommy Edmond, but he's got to get something going here. And Brendan Donovan, I know he's cooled off, but for me, Brendan Donovan still takes more competitive at-bats than Tommy Edmond. He's a gnat in the batter's box. He's annoying to pitch against. And it's, it is it's a it's the idea of making a change to make a change. I'm not expecting astronomical differences here, but I feel like when you just stay put, when you when you just hold, like in poker terms, I'm going to hold on this one. What's the difference then? It's almost like expecting something new from the same people that are out there. If I'm Ollie Marmol, I'm not doing this every other game where the bingo balls are put in and you just pull out whatever and go, oh, B12, okay, you're in the lineup. It's yep. a good vitamin. It is a very good vitamin. It's underrated. More, yeah. Very underrated. B, B12 in your diet. Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm going with it. Let's stir it up a little bit. Gorman can play DH, can play second base. Donovan can play anywhere you want. So for all, for, for that matter, quite honestly, if you need somebody to be uh, spelled in the outfield, we want to send a message. Donovan can go out there for a game or two. Burleson can go back to the DH. Gorman can play you know, DH. Whatever it is. I feel like sometimes you have to make a change. Is it is it overreaction? Nine games in, yeah. At shortstop, yeah. Tommy Edmonds actually batting better than Brendan Donovan right now, and Donovan was good until I cursed him. But <laughs> I'm glad you better, took. But are his at bats? You know, it's, it's my fault. It's my are fault. Are his at bats as competitive though? I know that sounds stupid because the numbers, the way they're bearing it out right now. But overall, what, what do you say about a competitive at bat? Okay, well he's drawing walks because Tommy Edmond has more pushing the pitch count up, drawing walks. That's fair. You know, I mean Edmond has more walks than than Donovan, and maybe this is just a little slide. And it, again, it could be my fault that okay. I cursed him. So let's ignore that one then. 
Let's ignore that one. I would be fine. I would be concerned where they're batting in the lineup too. I would be concerned more defensively for a long stretch of time because I don't know if Donovan has the range to play consistently. But you are also admitting, Jamie, that you're shaking it up just to shake it up. So I'm going to keep that in mind too. You're going with range. Do you know that he doesn't? I don't think that Brendan Donovan has the range at shortstop. I don't think it's going to rain tomorrow, Anthony, but it might. He doesn't have the range at the time. Man, he made a great play, though, on Friday. Where? Up the middle. Where? Anthony, it was a great play. Where? At second base. Thank you. But you haven't seen him at shortstop (laughs) yet since the shift rule. Okay. Well, let's put him out there then. You You literally just said don't put him out there, and now you're, well, let's put him out there. Jamie, you're a father. Yeah, I know, and I, that's why I'm disgusted with your answer. You're a father. You know what I'm doing right Four now. Four times over. You know what I'm doing right now. You're appeasing me. Yes. Yeah, I hate you for it, too. And then when you fall down the stairs, I'm going to look at you. I'm going to say, now, Jamie, I told you you were going to fall down the stairs there. You think Brendan you Donovan at shortstop's falling down the stairs? Over the course of oh my God. Uh, a season, yes. A half a season, yeah. He doesn't have the range. Why don't you just bring up Mason Wynn? Donovan's OPS is 706. Tommy Edmonds is 583. I like them apples, guys. Well, tell that to Marsh. Marsh brought up the offense. I, I brought everybody. up the defense. I told everybody. We're, I'm talking, trying, about, we're talking about getting base hits. Anthony, do I'm me just, a favor. I'm just, I'm just looking at the, st- the, the, the statistics. Okay, so hang on here. Anthony, could you do me a favor here and reset the segment? What was the uh, what was the name or the, the topic of the segment? What adjustments could slash should Ollie make? Okay, so would it have been fun to, to spend 10 minutes on saying, not, nothing really. I'm okay with what's going on. Why do we have this segment? Everything's great. We're in last place. It's the third week of the season. I know, but why even have the topic on there then? <laughs> like, why? If you're not going to play the game, why even have it on there? Hey, I what, benched oh, O'Neal. I give Woodford one more chance. Oh, that's really risky. I. You don't have another choice right now. I benched. Who the hell's your other pitcher? Wayno can't pitch yet. I benched. I benched O'Neal. And I gave Woodford one more start. I'm disgusted. Anthony, quit picking on Jamie. He's not picking on me. Just not making much sense right now, Janet. But that's all right. You're the one that just that that wants Tyler O'Neill. I don't to have a statue outside of Bush Stadium. Well, that would be cool if well, he had I a don't. statue outside of Bush Stadium. I mean, things went pretty good, Anthony. Blues, let's full just of poop if you think he's been good. Let's just get let's just it's, get yeah, to something really? positive, okay? Let's just we're we're off the rails a little bit. Everybody's angry, okay? Blues have had a nice stretch run. Now, that ended Saturday, but let's get to some Blues cues, okay? Some Blues cues next. I really just don't like you today. Fast Lane. I want one of you as Oh, my goodness. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Now, it's time for the Fast Lane's Blues Cues. All right, time for some Blues Cues here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. 314-399-9646. Any Blues-related questions that you have, send it in right now. We got the answers. Yeah, we do. First question from the 636. Who do you guys think is going out the door in the offseason, and what free agents could you see the Blues realistically picking up? Oh, boy. Free agents are going to be tough. I'd have to go perusing the three 
million, two million dollar ish free agents, which I, I'm just going to be honest, I haven't been doing that, uh, not yet. There's a lot that happens between now and draft day, and free agency. So we'll see. But it, I will say that it'll be a player in that range. I think the Blues, after all is said and done, will have somewhere around four million dollars of cap space, which is not a lot. So they either have to get a couple of players at around $2 million or one guy at maybe three, three and a half. Army doesn't like to be handcuffed right up against the cap, so probably be someone a little bit lower than that $4 million range. Um, as far as who has to go out the door, look, I, I think that you need to adjust your defensive core. I don't really know who that is. What The two guys I'm definitely not getting rid of are Justin Falk and Colton Pareko. And you can get as angry as you want at Colton Pareko. But at the end of the day, you have nobody in your organization to replace him. And the moment you trade Colton Pareko, you're hoping to find another Colton Pareko. And when he plays to his ability, the $6.5 million doesn't hurt you. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's other areas within this decor that could be addressed that would help you quickly quickly or quicker. The problem is that the top four defensemen all have no trade clause, full no trade clauses, mind you, at $6.5 million. So then Army's going to have to get creative somehow, some way, or he's going to have to become really sinister and just tell one of these guys, you have a no trade, but you don't have a no movement. So I hope you like Springfield because that's where you're starting the season next year. And not even look to make a trade. Just put that player on waivers, and if someone claims him, that's $6.5 million off the books for you. If they don't claim him, it's $6.5 million off the books until they agree to the no trade or the trade that you're proposing to whatever team it is. It's amazing how guys can change their mind. It's an absolute do-you-know-what move, but we're in the business of winning but, hockey games here. And to your point, Jamie, what else are you going to do? You've got guys that have those no, no movement or no trade clauses. No trade clauses. But if if you can't if you can't uh, entice another team to call, give you something that is somewhat in the ballpark of fail, f- fair market value, and oh by the way, tell the player we want to deal you. Or are you okay? Are you okay with going to Team X? Then you're you're really stuck with these these guys. You got to make it work with what you have. And this is why the no movement clause is a tough one for you know general managers to give out there. And it wouldn't be popular. I know it wouldn't be popular for Army to pull that card out, but at the end of the day, the, the, the purpose for Doug Armstrong is to put a winning hockey team on the ice. This city remembers what it was like in 2019, and that's a good thing and a bad thing all at the same time. It's a good thing because you have that Stanley Cup championship. The bad part about it is people remember that this team was just a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was four years ago, won a Stanley Cup. So you got to do something for your army. We got a question from Thanks Dad. How wonderful is it getting a three-day break starting five days before the end of the season? I sense a little sarcasm there. Uh, but do you guys think that the back-to-backs, the amount that the Blues had, affected them this year? Um, It affects you when you're not playing good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's the bottom line, because if you're a team that is playing well, ask the Boston Bruins about back-to-backs. Do you think they care? I know that's an extreme, but 
find any other team that's in the playoffs right now, and they'll be like, oh, the back-to-backs, yeah, it is what it is. Everybody has to deal with them. Now, the Blues had a lot of them, but I'm not going to blame their season on back-to-backs. I'm going to blame their season on inconsistent play that got them into this situation. From the 314, knowing that Baruby is a great coach and will be in demand if the Blues ever let him go, has a coach ever been traded in the NHL? Mike Keenan was technically traded uh, when the New York Rangers, when he left the Rangers, uh, although it was a weird situation, but the compensation ended up being a player going back to the Rangers. Uh, and I, I think it's happened before, too, where the coach, it's not traded, mm-hmm. but they allow the coach to sign with a different team, and then the compensation is a player. Really? Yeah, it's weird how it works, but that's not going to happen. Doug Armstrong and the Blues ownership, at least from what I know, believe in Craig Berube, and they believe in what he's doing. Uh, If you didn't believe in Craig Berube, so for our listeners who maybe don't understand sometimes how it works, if Doug Armstrong did not believe in Craig Berube, instead of making all those trades, he would have fired the coach. Mm Mm-hmm. And kept the players. And kept players or, you know, did something differently within that period of time. But the fact that he liquidated and kept the coach, that's a vote of confidence. So not just the vote of confidence when Army got in front of the media and said, you know, Craig's our guy, because we've seen that before. Sometimes that's actually the kiss of death coming. But Army was a man of his word at that point, made the trades, kept Craig Berube. So now the pressure does fall to Craig Berube, at the beginning of next season. Mm-hmm. The beginning of next season is pivotal for this coaching staff to not show that you're a Stanley Cup contender because we know how this is working out, but you have to show steps in the right direction. And if you want to do that, look at what's happened since the trade deadline. The Blues have been a better team. They're they're trending upward. It's not a Picasso. I get it. But you have players that are competing more on a nightly basis. And so if I'm Doug Armstrong and I'm evaluating that, I'm going, the team's responded to Craig Berube and, and he's made some tweaks he's changed a few things in their systems for me he's the guy from the 618 how have things gone so bad for the Blues and so great for Boston since 2019 is Army at fault uh, I don't think Army's at fault um, you know the Bruins were able to hang on to some legacy players here you know like David Krejci left and the Bruins suffered for it last year. He, but he decides to come back to the NHL. He's a productive player. Jake DeBrusque it continues to evolve as a productive player. Bergeron, he stays in Boston. Like, Bergeron could have kicked the tires on free agency. So the difference is somebody like Vladimir Tarasenko, as opposed to Bergeron, where you knew Vladdy wanted out of here. Bergeron stayed and signed a cheaper deal to stay with the Boston Bruins. They've had several guys kind of do that. Mm-hmm. Even Zidane Chara, before he finally ultimately left because the team let him leave, was that it take less money to keep the team competitive. They drafted two very good young goaltenders, developed them the right way. Now they're the best one-two combo, combo in the NHL. I, I don't think it's a Doug Armstrong thing. I think it's just the, the, the makeup of your team. It's probably your high-end players for the Bruins are higher end than your guys for the Blues. Like Pasternak, Bergeron, Marshawn, those are three guys that outkick your guys' talent here, no matter who you had in the lineup Mm -hmm. this year. 
yeah. think that's the difference. I mean, it helps having a guy that can score 60 goals. Yeah, that doesn't hurt, right? doesn't mm-hmm. suck when your power play has that guy out there. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, final question from the 314. How do you fix special teams? And if that... Uh, is that where you start in the offseason? Yeah, I don't look, I don't think you go into the offseason saying, man, oh, man, we need to find a penalty killer or we need to find a power play guy. I feel like you have to look at your systems overall and your concepts and kind of reevaluate that and reevaluate what you're doing internally. It has not been good. And for a team that was in the top 10 in both categories last year, heck, I think they were in the top five in both categories last year. This is a massive drop off for them. Not good. You you need some more assertiveness on the power play. There's just too much passing of the puck, and nobody seems to want to be the guy that says, hey, give me the ball. You know, they want to move it to the next guy. You shoot it. No, you shoot it. No, you shoot it. You need somebody that says, look, when you guys are done passing the puck, give it to me. I'm going to shoot it. And David Perron was one of those guys uh, last year in the past. You got to find somebody who's willing to shoot the puck like that. As far as the penalty kill goes, it's about hard work. I think you have the personnel. I do. Overall, I think you're going to be just fine on the penalty kill. But it's certainly something that, as a team, they have to address in the offseason. That's former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalzer. That's your Blues Cues on the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. We do have our sports six-pack coming up in a little bit, 314-399-9646. So any sports-related question that you have, again, sports six-pack, if uh, you don't hear your question there, maybe you got the biggest question of the day, you can leave us a mic drop at the 101 ESPN app. I was driving around this weekend, and I heard breaking news, breaking news, huge move. And then when I heard about the actual breaking news, I go, that's really? That's Breaking news. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. driving around yesterday, Jamie, and I heard uh, police sirens. Police sirens. Andrew's <laughs> off to the side. I said, not again. No, no, it didn't happen again. I follow the law now, Jamie. Now. Uh, Jamie, no. Yeah. What? Listen. What? I am. The so said, uh, he actually got me. Got me on the hook. Got me on the tease. See, we got breaking news oh, in the NFL. Yeah. We got breaking news in the NFL, monumental news. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it was still like, oh, wow, okay. Okay. Aaron Rodgers or Lamar? I mean, breaking news, Jamie. Unreal. Sos came back. Yeah, I know the Masters are going on right now, but I got to get to this story. Odell Beckham Jr. has signed a one-year deal with the Ravens. You don't think that's breaking news? No. Why? Why? The guy hasn't played in a year and a half. But when's the last time he played? year and a half. No, what game was that? Super Bowl. And did he win that game? Did he win the game? No, Matthew Was he part of the team that won the game? Yeah. Didn't even finish. It's a pretty big deal. 
And I here's it's where I disagree. Well, well I think it is. Signed a one year deal with the Ravens. The Rave the the all time leading receiver for the Ravens is, is Derek Mason, who really is he's a Titan. Their re, their leading receiver of all time is actually a Tennessee Titan. Anthony, I've let you speak. It'd be nice if you let me. So that being said, it is breaking news because the New York Jets were planning to or they did have OBJ out to the facility and all that. So everybody thought, hmm, another piece they're putting in place for Aaron Rodgers. And then, boom, he signs with the Ravens. So although I don't think it's earth-shattering news, it is breaking news because all things led you to believe that in the final hour of this whole thing that the Jets were, you know, the front runner to get them and loading up for Aaron Rodgers. So you flip the script here a little bit, and you got OBJ going to a team who currently doesn't have a quarterback. So I feel like that's breaking news. What did you just say at the end there? I feel like it's breaking news. The second to last part. Team doesn't have a quarterback, right? No, I said that the Jets looked like they were loading up for Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But OBJ signs with a team that doesn't have a quarterback. Yeah, that's weird. And it's going to make it a little bit more difficult now, with even for one year, the money that the Ravens just gave Odell Beckham Jr. It's going to be, li- it's going to be him very much. It's going to be a little bit more difficult no, to back up the Brinks truck no, for not. Lamar. No, it's not. If they really because want to make it happen, so they'll just concerned. cut somebody else, Anthony. They cut one of those offensive linemen don't matter anyway. <laughs> exactly, Jamie. Thank you. I know you're trolling me. That was actually well done. <laughs> because we put way too much stock in a receiver who is not a game-changer anymore, and we spend so much time talking talking about it that, it, it you know, we're, we're talking about we, the Ravens have done nothing at the quarterback position. They can't figure it out with Lamar Jackson. Now, I know there seems to be some extenuating circumstances, including the fact that he probably wants what the Browns gave to Sean Watson and doesn't have an agent, which is just, in my eyes, absolutely ridiculous. Maybe and I OBJ is going to represent him now. But he I, seems to get along with the Ravens. I've 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 heard this and I've read this. It's like, oh, could this be the thing? If this is this the thing that has Lamar now wanting to go back to Baltimore, OBJ. If that's the case, then then Lamar Jackson deserves whatever he's going to get from from Baltimore when it comes to you know like understanding what actually matters when it comes to winning football games. Lamar. Lamar is better off going to a team that has an outstanding defense than it is uh, staying in Baltimore and throwing passes to to Odell Beckham Jr. We make all this big... Who cares that he signed a one-year deal with Baltimore if they don't have the quarterback situation? But don't do you tie them together at all, Anthony? And here's why I say that, because... Text line says from the 816 that Lamar was recruiting OBJ. um, And and there's some other reports here, too, that say that the signing of OBJ could be connected to Lamar getting his contract figured out with the Ravens. I don't know that to be true. I don't know it to be false. Mm -hmm. But does that make it more intriguing for you? Like, do do you think that helps if, let's say, Lamar Jackson said, hey, look, I need a— I need you guys to upgrade my wide receiver position. And they sign Odell. I know. And he feels like it's an upgrade. A massive upgrade. No. You're saying that. I never said that. And we don't know who thinks that. 
I'm not using the word massive or upgrade when I'm using OBJ as the wide receiver. Yeah. But Lamar Jackson, to me, his decisions have been questionable so far regarding his own career. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is another questionable um, demand he had for the Ravens is, I need you to go sign OBJ. Mm -hmm. You show me you're serious by, I don't know if you can say it that way, but I mean, I'm totally like kind of inventing how this is going here, but... But what if? Does that move the ball then for Lamar Jackson to go back to the Ravens? If it does, I would be shocked. Okay. But Aaron Rodgers did the same thing. Well, he did it with what's his name? He pulled the same crap with with Randall Cobb. Yeah. And Randall Cobb was average. Exactly. That's my Jamie, that's my point. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. I know, but that's ex- you're making my point too. We're both We're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. Ish. Randall Cobb was not the different. He he was so concerned. Aaron Rodgers was so concerned that the Green Bay Packers weren't allowing him to bring in his buddy Randall Cobb. Then they did, and Randall Cobb did not make a difference at all. And people give Aaron Rodgers just uh, the free pass. Oh, they never got him receivers. No, they gave him Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the game over the last six, seven yep. years now. That's what they did for him. Christian Watson was he can actually play. He was so concerned he had to have Randall Cobb. You ain't a GM. And Lamar Jackson, if that is the case, hey, sign Odell Beckham Jr. and that'll get me to come back. Then you know, I, I, I'm sorry. Then that that's then you deserve to lose. Okay, so, you do. So let's dive into this a little bit here quickly. Is um, the Chiefs traded away Tyreek Hill, still won a Super Bowl? I understand what you're saying, Anthony. Ian Rappaport, pretty mm-hmm. connected in the NFL world, he announces on his Twitter page that OBJ signing uh, with the Ravens. He goes, it's also revealed that Lamar Jackson was actively recruiting him. He plans to be throwing passes to Beckham. It's not all. It was on the Rich Eisen show as well that Lamar Jackson connected to the OBJ signing. I, it, I don't understand it either. I'm yeah. not... You're, pushing you're back, just, I'm sure. I'm showing you what's being reported out there. Mm-hmm. So, a, a lot of these people feel like it is important that this has happened. Okay, that's fine. So that's why I feel like maybe it was breaking news. Sure, understood. Because connecting it, if you loosely connect it to Lamar, it's almost like OBJ to the Ravens and dot dot dot. Is Lamar coming back now? Because right. he's connected to it. Right. Yeah. So that I, makes it a bigger story. Maybe I should phrase it this way. In my opinion, in my opinion, Jamie, in my opinion, if Lamar thinks that the difference for him needs to be the Ravens signing Odell Beckham Jr., then congratulations, Cincinnati Bengals, you have repeated already as AFC wow, North champions. Anyways, Breaking news alert: Anthony Stalter hates skill position players. I don't, Marsh. I just think that you well, know, when it comes to uh, quarterback defense. Offensive line, long pause, mm-hmm. then we can get to some of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like a first-round running back. You notice how he's throws in that offensive line. That's what he said, offensive line. Anthony, you must have been an offensive lineman at some point. You felt like you got disrespected. I just I just understand the nature of the position. That's all. Which position's that? Offensive line. Yeah, but which one? All of them. Oh, okay. All of the positions matter, Jamie. They do. It depends how you play them, though. Yeah. Um... You know, it's like, uh, how do I put this? It's like uh, having that um, that sixth defender, you know, in hockey. 
You got to have one. You got to have the goalie. No, no, no. The defenseman. You got to have the six defenseman. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. If you don't have, we need to spend all this time talking about the six defenseman. If you're talking about winning a Stanley Cup. No, I don't think that matters. What do you mean? No. What are you talking about? Well, you're trying to compare the offensive line, which you think is one of the most important things right. out there. Exactly. To a sixth defenseman, it doesn't work. And we keep talking That's about a terrible it. comparison. You're just, he's just off. You just acted off. <laughs> I could see it. I lost. Go ahead. You tease the next segment. I lost. I can't find it. Coming up next here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN, are the Brewers better than we're giving them credit for heading into this season? Hmm. <laughs> They're better than the Cardinals right now. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. season. 505, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Don't forget, we've hit, we have the Sports Six Pack coming up next. 314-399-9646. Cardinals dropped two of three in Milwaukee over the weekend, and the Brewers are off to a 7-2 and two start. They dropped the first game, won every game after that until the Cardinals beat them on Saturday. And uh, their first opportunity, or the second opportunity, to come off a loss, and they won again. So the Brewers, 7-2. and two. They lead the NL Central by four games over the Cardinals, who are in dead last right now, 3-6. and six. So Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stoltz with the fast line on 101 ESPN. Do you think that we underestimated the Brewers, Jamie? I don't know if we underestimated, certainly, their, their, their pitching side of it. I don't think you can, based on the fact that it's a three-headed monster that everybody talks about. I think maybe underestimated their their offense and that it's going to be a little more consistent. And I think maybe we underestimated or overlooked the fact that Christian Yelich could jump or get back on track. Yeah. I, th- I think if, if I underestimated anything, I think it's that. It's Christian Yelich being perhaps maybe having a bounce back year. You know, the, the way he was using the opposite field over the weekend I thought was crucial for him. I don't think he's going to be an MVP candidate like he was three years ago. But, you know, if, if, if they can – if they can have him rebound at the top of the order, man, that's going to be that's going to be a dynamic one-two punch with Willie Adamas, who continues to be like one of the more underrated players in baseball. And I'm I'm sure changing my call him underrated. He's just a really good player. So offensively for the Brewers, yeah, may, maybe a little bit. I think they're also getting some some guys that are playing over their skis right now. Brian Anderson's not going to hit you know, 8,000 like he like he has to start the season. Yeah. Uh, but they've got a couple of young guys, you know, that Terang guy that, that's playing second base. That Weimer fella? Weimer, he's he, making... He looks like just a, a solid dude who would be unbelievable at, at, like, softball. Just 100 miles an hour all the time. He's Play, hitting really well, though. He's hitting very well. He's playing... Really he's playing softball. Yeah, wow. I think... No, he just looks like one of those guys that tries so. to... What hard. does that look like? Well, it looks like Anthony... <laughs> What? Well, uh, describe that. Like really good at softball. But what does it look like? Athletic. It just doesn't translate to baseball. Oh snap! <laughs> How could you? If you wanted to hurt him, my How could God! You? you know, Marsh. Here I am what? talking about how he played college. Ish. Ish. And now you're like, <laughs> it's not true. 
And now, Mark, he just he eviscerated you with a Ginsu 2000. You know, what the hell is that? It's a really sharp knife they sell late at night. Oh. If you're up late, you can order it. You know me. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, drunk Jamie will buy you one on, on Amazon. <laughs> I've got to get these knives. Hell, I'll give you one. Anthony, I'm sorry. That's fine. I didn't mean that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was incredible. It's fine. I'd fight him. I'm quite I'm quite fine with my uh my major league skills, which are, are nothing. Anthony, clearly I didn't get anywhere either. So Yeah, it's all good. Uh no, I think yeah, I think you got some guys that are playing over their skis a little bit, but Yelich, Adamas, um, you know, Rowdy Telez is not off to a good start, but he's he's gonna be fine, you would think, when it's all said and done. They got a good team. They also came out of the gates like bats out of hell a year ago, and you know, then they got to the trade deadline, and they were puffing their chest, and the front office is like, we'll take care of this. <laughs> trade Josh Hader. So who are they trading this year? Is it Woodruff? Absolutely. Is he's the or guy? Burns. That, no, it's Burns. Is it Burns? Yeah. I knew it was one of those guys. Is yeah. out. That's it. I think they're trading Corbin Burns. They're not going to pay him, and then the whole team's going to fall apart. Wow. It's it. It's it's a recipe, you know? I, I hear you. It is interesting, that's for sure, to to think of that. Now, here's a good uh, comment to the Air Comfort Service text line, uh, which, by the way, that number is 314-399-9646. Jump in and comment on the show at any point. From the 618, I think more than anything, you guys in the media overestimated the Cardinals. Did we do that? Yeah, it's our fault. No, don't, Anthony, don't do that. Did we do that, though? Maybe, a little bit. We said the offense was going to be great. It's off to a slow start. We we re, we got really excited. We're the only look. We're the only people who got excited about the Cardinals' offense in spring training. The fans were very measured. They were very measured. We overhyped things. We didn't talk about the pitching, though. You know, we said all off season. No, we did. We said it'd oh, be yeah. fine. Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. Yeah, we said it'd be oh. fine. And so far, it has not been fine. It's been below average. So yes, um, to the texture's point, I. Uh, I will not speak for everybody. I'll just speak for myself. I overhyped this Cardinals team. I think I don't. I don't think I'm I saying it, the offense was going to be great and the pitching was going to be fine in the regular season. So I don't think I overhyped it. I do feel like I was excited though. So we if, all saw. If you, uh, yeah, it's easy to see. But if you, you know, if you take my excitement mm-hmm. as overhyped, yep. then maybe that's the case. But Spring training, albeit it's spring training, and World Baseball Classic gave me every reason to believe that this is going to be a real fun year for the Cardinals, and it might end up being that way. Right now, your your pitching rotation is is not great. Montgomery is the only guy you can kind of count on. Now, in fairness to Steven Matz, he hasn't had a second go-around here yet. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully he comes out and shoves tonight and gives you more reason to be optimistic. But I was excited, and you know what? Yeah, the Cardinals have not met my level of excitement or expectations, for that matter. I'd like to play a game, saw I'd style. Like to play a game. Wow. Yeah, you guys ready? You yeah. guys, you guys want to play a game? Yeah. Let's play. Are you really concerned? Okay, we'll fly through this. We'll kind of keep it mostly to starters, but we'll get we'll get some some bullpen pieces as well. Do okay. we get to keep our limbs? Uh, and we'll see. All right. Are you really concerned? Real quick through the order. Brendan Donovan. Give me a yes, no. 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 Okay. Alec Burleson. I don't think it matters. Correct. I feel like if you're worried about... If you're worried about... No, it's not ouch. If you're worried about that, 
It's kind of like your sixth defenseman thing, Anthony. Mm-hmm. You're worried about that. Right. You got bigger issues. But no, I'm not concerned. Okay. Paul Goldschmidt. No. no. Nolan Arenado. No. no. Wilson Contreras. I'm concerned he swings at pitches outside of the zone when it's like a 3 0 count. Are you really, just be honest, are you really concerned? No. Okay. Jamie. Um, with Contreras? Yeah. We're projecting, uh, and by the way, we're projecting rest of the season, okay? Yeah. Not no. just right now. Projecting right now. How do you feel right now? Mm. Projecting projecting out. No. Nolan Gorman? No. no he's been hitting. Fact, the, he hit, he had two hard hit balls Norman yesterday. Again. Nolan Gorman. Um, line drive outs. Like, he's hitting the ball really hard. Jordan, not worried. Jordan Walker, not obviously not. All right. Uh, Dylan Carlson? Yes. No. I'm concerned. I'm concerned about consistency. Okay. It's great. This is a very small sample size to mm-hmm. start the season, uh, and I hope it stays like this or even trends upward. But there is a level of concern there for me. Tommy Edmund. Yes. Okay. I'm concerned mm-hmm. about his offensive production. Marsh. No. Okay. Uh, Tyler O'Neill. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. Don't want to be, but yes. Uh, Miles Michaelis. Yes. No. Okay. Stephen Matz? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I just got to say, Flaherty? Yes. No. Okay. You're saying no for Flaherty? Yeah. All, he gotta, all he has to do is locate that fastball. It's fine. Jordan Montgomery? Yes. No, no, I'm not, actually. Okay. All right. So, Jamie, you're concerned about the eighth hitter, the ninth hitter, and a guy who should be on the bench, and you're concerned about three-fifths of your starting rotation. Mm-hmm. So really, we're concerned about the starting rotation and the bottom of the order, right? Pretty much, yeah. So when we take a step back and we say, are we really concerned? It's, it is basically the, the starting rotation and the, bot- the, the last two guys in the order. But the problem is the starting rotation, Anthony. I don't, I don't care at all about the other guys that you're talking about as far as like where they are in the pecking order, like eighth, ninth, bench player, all that stuff. Fine. I'm not worried about that. I am really worried about the starting rotation. If you can't get outs, how uh, how can you lean that heavily upon your offense, which is inconsistent right now? Mm-hmm. Even if it gets to be a little more consistent, how can you? That's just taxing, man. If you've got to put up four or five freaking runs a game consistently to win, that's a lot. Do you think the starting rotation will be this bad when you get through Colorado? No, I okay. mean, those are crap teams, right? So we're concerned about what if, what if, <laughs> what if? Then I'll join you. But it, so well, we're you're the so, voice of reason, though. No, no, no. For look, so right now we're really concerned with the way Atlanta treated you, mm-hmm. and Toronto treated you, and Milwaukee treated you for the first series. I feel like I Correct. need a hug after that treatment. Yes, they took you behind the woodshed, right? Yeah, and San Diego it. took yeah. the Braves behind the woodshed. Yes, they which did, which is very concerning. But San Diego also has, you know, that we're talking. So you're concerned. So right now, what we're saying is you're not better than Atlanta, San Diego, and maybe Milwaukee. But we're not totally sure yet. So basically nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. I'm also concerned about the bullpen, too. I'm concerned that they might have to eat more innings Mm -hmm. than expected. Well, when you only have one guy that goes to the sixth inning. And some of the guys that were nails last year are not. James Nail? No, not James Nail. Okay. All right. So, hey, then we all agree. Cardinals stink. Season's over. I never said that. Sports six packs is next. I want to win ESPN. It might be.
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. Time for the Sports Six Pack here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew March with your questions. Question number one. First question comes from Thanks Dad. Immediately after Wayno went down, this show gave Woody four to five starts. How is it that uh, we got Wood for four starts? Mm -hmm. Four to five, that is. Uh, How is it that two losses has changed that? This stuff looks like crap. He's kidding. I mean... They're seeing the ball pretty damn good, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's a fair question. I'm not saying it's not a fair question. Excellent question on that. Thank you. Good call. His stuff looks like crap. Yeah. I think that if he had more competitive games here, and look, he gave up, what, six runs the first time, three runs this time through. If his ERA was somewhere around three, even three and a half overall, I'd be like, okay, let's see what we got here. Let's be fair. Mm Mm-hmm. To, to Woody. Let's make sure we treat him right. Right. And But now, after two games where, one, he just struggle bust through the first one. I'll give him credit. He hung in there and pitched beyond the fact where you're like, I think you can go get him now. <laughs> Ollie said, no, we're not. And he hung in there and did a, a good job of eating up some innings for the Cardinals in his first start. But it's just, it's not good enough. If I have another option... Moving into his third start, I'm going to try that option. Right. And I know what the counter is. The counter is, well, Jack Flaherty has looked like crap, or Miles Michaelis has looked like crap. Why aren't you bagging on them? We yeah, are. Miles, first of all, Miles Michaelis has a longer track record. Jack Flaherty, while, you know, it doesn't have the end-all be-all when his stuff is... He can't, he can't locate right now. That's obvious. The walks, the walks explain that. But his stuff is at least major league major league stuff you see jack flaherty throwing fastballs down the middle no i don't no he's throwing well, that, it outside yeah the zone. he is yeah, yeah. yeah right. so uh, everywhere but in the zone and if you're wondering like what are you talking about go back and watch the just watch austin riley's at bats against jake mm-hmm. woodford yeah that was that he's got to be jamie used the right word competitive his stuff has got to look more competitive over the next start or two it's a fair question Question number two. From the 314, would you consider moving Walker to the two-hole to spice up the lineup? Listen, I think Jordan Walker ultimately is going to be great in the two-hole, but I think it's going to take him some time to get there. Right now, why would you mess with success? You know, you've bumped him up today to seven. I don't necessarily think you need to do that to the young man. He's had, you know, he's got a nine-game hitting streak going. Could you have the argument to move him there? Yeah, but he's still also 20 years old, and it's not like you're handling him with kit gloves here at this point. Right. But at the same time, your offense hasn't been consistent. And, Anthony, you always say, you you always talk about how you don't want to put that pressure of the entire offense now is on this kid, and I understand it wouldn't be that way, but it would kind of look like that. If Ollie moved him right up right now to the two-hole, 
again, which I think he fits perfectly there. I think that it would show that, you know, or make Walker feel like I've got to really do something here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it would get to him or not. He seems pretty mature, but I, I don't see the rush. Am I crazy about No, that? I don't think you're crazy, Jamie. Well, you are, just not with this. Okay. Yeah, with other things, absolutely. We've got a, a book that we started. Well, let's, we don't need to go there. Things that Jamie is absolutely insane about. Just, uh, yeah. Page, uh, what are we, 40 now, Marsh? <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those I spy books, but for yeah. adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this Ooh, case, no. Knows. This case, no. I think eventually Jordan Walker will be the perfect two-hole hitter. But right now, I think he's fine just hitting at the bottom of the door. Let him get adjusted. Do you like Did Lars you... or Walker in the two-hole more, Anthony? Walker. Why? Long-term, Walker. I think he fits better there. Probably. I they, think he's, got I think he's higher got on base, more power potential. Bigger bat, too. Like, I think he's got more pop than Lars. I don't think there's any question. Yeah. I don't think there's any question. Yeah. More I wonder, pop. gets on. I think he'll get on base at a, at a decent clip. You want your two-hole hitter to do both. I wonder if, if he starts to struggle, if they do move him up, just for the fact that Goldschmidt would be behind him, giving him some protection, that yeah. they maybe pitch to him a little bit more than they would if he's batting eighth. Protection in that spot and the ability to do both. Protection is fine, but you, sometimes you just have to let the big dog eat. Question number three. Bless you. From the 636, which two teams do you have in the Stanley Cup final? And Boston. Who is going to win it all? Boston's going to win it all. Doesn't really matter who comes out of the West. That Boston team is one of the, oh, it's like it's one of the best, best I've the seen. 63 wins. Are it is the greatest me? season. <laughs> They're insane. Ever. Boston, and then whoever comes out of the West will finish third. But Boston's first. Yeah, Boston out of the East. I have the Vegas Golden Knights out of the West. I was laughing today. With you guys, because I said, oh, look at this, Mark Stone. It's a miracle. He's back <laughs> He's on back. the ice practicing. <laughs> Which, he, you know, he won't be activated Who knew? until playoffs come around. But you add Mark Stone to that first place in the West lineup right mm-hmm. now, and maybe Jonathan Quick with a chip on his shoulder. That's a good team. They're bigger. They're more physical than the Bruins are. Should be an interesting one. I, I think the chalk pick, and it's not even chalk just because it's, oh, it's the most popular. I mean, it's just d- damn straight, like, unbelievable season is the Boston Bruins. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking at this East right now. I, You know, I feel like the only team that maybe could give them a serious run in the playoffs would be the Lightning, but they're, they're getting – they're kind of – their little run is somewhat over for me. Like, they're getting older. Um, I mean, still a great team, but – this Boston team is unbelievable. In the West, I don't know, maybe the Avalanche to go back. Maybe. I don't know. I'd like to see the Seattle Kraken make a deep run. That'd be a fun That'd team to watch. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, all these other teams, though, I don't really like them. I'd love to see the Oilers lose in the first round again. Oh. Um, I'd love to see the Maple Leafs lose. Just wow. because it's funny. But at the same time, as a hockey fan, I like seeing some of those teams play deeper like into the playoffs. See Sounds Connor like McDavid David go deeper in the playoffs. I'd love to see Connor McDavid against Jack Eichel, you know, in the conference semifinal in the Ooh. West. Um, that'd be fun. But again, it would be funny to see these teams lose. But yeah, the Bruins are winning for sure. <laughs> Question <Sorry>. number four. <laughs> They're like the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL for me. <laughs> oh, boy. I just need to see these teams lose, you know. 
Uh, from the 314, did you guys even watch March Madness this year? All these number one hits going down, and you think the Bruins will really win the cup? Anthony, come on, man. I did watch all of March Madness because I had UConn winning it all. Mm-hmm. They did. And now I have Boston winning it all, and they will. Damn. And if they go down, I'm fine with it because I hate the Bruins. I hate most teams from Boston. Their fans are annoying. Oh. That's been established. They're passionate, Anthony. Sorry they're not Falcons fans. <laughs> that rowdy bunch of Falcons fans. First of all, it's fan, and I'm standing right here. <laughs> okay. He's one of us. <laughs> There was two before that Super Bowl, and now there's just me. <laughs> what happened to the other one? Eh, we're eh, talking we don't talk about that. <laughs> Question number five. From the 661, if you had to lock in one position player on the Cardinals beyond Walker, Goldie, and Arnado, who do you pick? I'm not locking I'm not locking up. Why are we always handing out contracts to but no, I'm not locking well, it up. I don't think that's two years thing, ago. Two years ago they wanted to they want to lock up Tyler O'Neill. No. I don't think that's what they meant. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think they meant My just bad. like where it's like that you're sure of that position. Like not lock the Contract extension. Did you mean contract extension? Anthony, I didn't ask the question. Ask Arenado's under quick. contract okay. for another how many years? You've right. got him locked up. Yeah. All right. Here, let me let me re let him out. Ask the question from the six six one. If you had to lock in one position player, uh, contract wise, on the Cardinals beyond Walker, Goldie, and Arenado, who do you pick? Okay, I take it back. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Jamie. Go I ahead. stand corrected. I don't. I'm not giving anybody a contract Thank extension. You. No. At this point. No. Did you say Walker? Yeah, uh, besides Walker. Hang on one more time. Oh. If you had to lock in one position player <laughs> just, just in the lineup on the Cardinals beyond Walker, Goldie, and Arnado, who do you pick? Nah, nobody. Nah, nobody. Uh, no. At all. Nope. nope. Not one bit. Hmm. And I respect the nature of uh, the question and the sports six-pack. I do. I respect it. Um, but nobody. I'm not giving anybody any sort of money until they... First of all, I'm not hmm. giving them money. It would be the DeWitts. But why? Why hand out any sort of contract? Question number six. Anthony, I have a question from the text line, and it's probably a good question. If I, well, the text line's bouncing around right now, but uh, it came here and basically says, what does a chalk pick mean? What does it mean when you say, oh, that's the chalk pick? Hmm. Good question. means the favorite. Why did it say chalk, though? Uh, that's Who because made that up? it comes from Roman times. <laughs> L R chalk used to be the favorite in every gladiator event, and every time that he he would win every time he would win every time, and and it stuck. He beat all those lions <laughs> and tigers. He, I mean, it didn't matter. Other gladiators, lions, tigers, bears, didn't oh matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. But yes, chalk means favorite. It's the chalk. Comes from, like I said, the Roman times. L, what did I say? LR? Chalk. LR chalk. <laughs> did you ever see any of his battles? Yeah, on, he was in that YouTube? movie with uh, Russell Crowe, right? Yeah, that he was, was an extra. It was, uh, wasn't. Yeah. Right. It, but the movie was based on him. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Rough, yeah. Roughly. Yeah, roughly. It was loosely based on LR Chalk. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like uh, Jerry Maguire was right. based on Lee Steinberg. Roughly. Gotcha. Loosely. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. 
LR Chalk. I'll have to yep. look him up. He should. He's a great book. Yep. I made it up. I made it up. That's your sports six back here in the fast lane. I want to win ESPN. All right. We got biggest question of the day next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane's biggest question of the day. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Salter. Time for the question of the day, Marsh. Yeah, we got a question from LR Chalk. No, I'm kidding. From Bruce. That's not funny, Marsh. He's dead. Yeah, that's really not funny. I'm sorry. It's okay. You feel that way? Um, the, did the Blues suffer this season by not having Jim Montgomery? Obviously. Yes. <laughs> I mean, have you seen their <laughs> their power play, their penalty kill? So, in fairness, here a couple things. One, Jim Montgomery was an exceptional coach before he came to the St. Louis Blues. He had some personal problems that derailed uh, his tenure with the Dallas Stars. But I've said this before: we all remember that Dallas Stars team that took us to the brink here in 2019. Heck, there were one successful wraparound away from eliminating the Blues. And Jim Montgomery was that head coach. Doug Armstrong in the Blues organization, rightfully so, after talking to Jim Montgomery, realized that this is a, a good guy that is changing his life and needs an opportunity and that he could help the Blues. And boy, did he ever. He was great on that staff. Uh, he was in charge of the penalty kill, which, you know, the Boston Bruins, the number one penalty kill in the NHL this year. So it's not a coincidence that all this happened. It's not just, oh, it doesn't really mean anything. Jim Montgomery did a lot of great things within uh, this coaching staff for the Blues and with the players. He had text lines that he had going on, or text chains, rather, with groups of different players, whether it be the young guys, uh, the Russians, uh, the older veteran guys, and he was always in constant contact with the guys, challenging them in different ways. So did the Blues miss that? Of course you do. It's like missing a really good player once he leaves. You're better team with them than without them. Now, is it insurmountable? Is he the number one reason that the Blues struggled this year? No. No. I mean, as great as Jim Montgomery is, he's, he, he doesn't lace him up anymore and get out on the ice and play defense or go you know, quarterback a power play for you. So I, did they miss him? Yes, of course they did. But I don't think that he's the the biggest difference in the Blues not having success this year. Anthony, I don't know how you feel. No, I, I feel the same way. I do think, and Jamie, you kind of out, you kind of illustrated this. I'll just I'll just jump to the football th- football side of it because that's, that's the area I, I know a little bit more than obviously hockey. But when it comes to, you know, a really talented head coach or offense coordinator, somebody that's going to call the plays for you, does designing those schemes, so that, that does that matter? Absolutely. Look at Kyle Shanahan's offense. Look at uh, Andy Reid's offense. Look at Sean McVay's offense. Look at Sean Payton's offense. Could Kyle Shanahan turn a seventh-round pick or undrafted free agent running back into uh, you know a, a, a twelve hundred yard rusher, yeah. That doesn't mean that his offense doesn't hum more with somebody like Christian McCaffrey. So, to Jamie's point, does the does the scheme matter? Does the the ability to design things in a certain way matter? 
Absolutely, and that's what you lost this year. But the the players didn't perform either. So when you have that 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 combination of right guys, right scheme, and you marry the two together, well, you kind of get what you've had over the last couple of years with the Blues power play, or at least last year with Jim Montgomery. Yeah, this year obviously it's lacking, and they got to fix. That is one one of the biggest areas that they they have to fix to get more consistency. And you can't forget that you lost a head coach. You right. didn't lose Craig Berube, but you lost Jim Montgomery, who essentially that's, I mean, that's what he is. Obviously, that's what he's qualified to be in the NHL. And that's not taken away from uh, Steve Ott and Mike Van Ryan because they one day, I believe, they will be head coaches. And it's not taken away from Craig McTavish, who has been an NHL head coach. It's just the, the, the fact of the matter is that Jim Montgomery has had success at every level that he's coached at. He's almost like John Cooper to where he's won at every single level that he's coached at. Now, certainly not the NHL yet, uh, but he's he's got the Boston Bruins headed in the right direction. And Monty has an incredible ability to, to read the room. He's a great guy. Uh, he's got the ability in tough times not to be a jerk, but to give you really good information and directly give you information. Like, you know he's not sugarcoating things, but he's not calling you out He's giving you the right information, telling you basically like, hey, this is what needs to be going on here. He's also a guy who likes to have fun and joke around with the guys. You've seen it even this year. If you go to YouTube or any of the mic'd up for the Boston Bruins, he's the head coach and he'll poke fun at things or have little jokes during the game, but it's with specific players that he knows either need it or can handle it. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, there's other times where he's, you know, Sammy Sirius out there because that player needs that kind of direction. So the head coaching thing is great to talk about X's and O's and all that stuff. There's so much more psychological stuff that goes into it and reading the room and knowing your players as well. And I think that that's where the Blues really miss Monty is that the players really enjoyed being coached by him as well. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's your big question of the day here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. When we come back, what you learned? Uh, Actually, no, what you missed. We used to do what you learned. Yeah, we can bring that back. Yeah, yeah. I don't Let's know what I learned. Back. Yeah, especially listening to you. But I mean, still. I was, uh, Jamie, we had a pretty. I mean, I, I learned don't know. about chalk. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that's at least one thing we kind of taught we listeners did. today. Absolutely. Anyways, we'll wrap up the show next on One One Spin. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. If you miss anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Spent a lot of time talking about uh, Cardinals' performance, it not being good enough. Last place right now. And while nobody's panicking, nobody wants to be, nobody thinks that, that losing is fun here in St. Louis, which is why we spent some time also talking about St. Louis City SC. They lose the last two games. I thought uh, Saturday night's performance there was pretty putrid. Jamie led City SC off the hook. But one thing we could Did agree I? on. Yes, one thing we could agree on, though, is that the Battle Hawks and Kaka is still law here. That's for sure. They're one win away now from the XFL playoffs. Kaka! Will they face DC? Which could be tough. Tough. We also did some Blues cues. Talked about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and the fact that he signed with the Ravens is uh, one of the greatest moves in NFL history. 
And well we said. Also, and we also talked about hit. We also gave a history lesson today, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Find all of that right there at the podcast on 101 ESPN. Hey, Marsh, are we going to do the... What we learned? No, the... Um, the beat the, the streak. streak. Yeah, beat the streak. We will here in a second. Okay, all right. Are Sorry. we ready for I it, I just though? had to read this text real quick. Okay, yeah, go for it. Jamie thought it was funny. Well, I thought it was very informative. Kind of well, sums up is. everything. For sure, for sure. Uh, from the 636, the fast lane taught me that our soccer team was not good this week. The Cardinals do not have good pitching. I learned that chalk goes back to the Romans, who yes. would fight tigers, lions, and bears. That is probably why they use Roman numerals for the Super Bowl. Nice job. And why there are so many people who bet on the game. Because of the chalk. And the lions and the bears never see the Super Bowl. So the Romans, in quotations, always win? Question mark. I can't wait to listen tomorrow and hear more about sports history. Boy, that well done. And you. You're welcome. You won the text of the day. Just for appreciating the knowledge that we bring to the table. And we did say that the starting staff for the Cardinals mm-hmm. is not good. So you're going to get more dynamite dynamite takes from yeah, like that from us mm-hmm. moving forward. One of my favorite texts from today came from the 636 as well. The Cardinals are such a blank show. They are tearing my favorite radio shows apart. You know what? Yeah. There was a lot of anger, a lot of hurt that we had to work through, and I do blame the Cardinals for that. So, good call. That's true. Mm -hmm. True story. Anthony, uh, one of your main goals today was to make sure none of the soccer fans uh, were upset with your notes, even though you were very critical. Yes. uh, um, with uh, with those notes uh, from the 314 Anthony please keep sharing your game notes I'm a soccer mom working on being an MLS fan and I love it good okay that's much cleaner than the other ones that we we're getting from uh, soccer fans yeah who called me a uh, wow hey, we an Arizona Diamondback yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> something like that yeah, I think that's a good way to phrase <laughs> that <laughs> yeah they did yeah the ultimate Arizona Diamondback for making fun of their sport, which I'm not. I'm just, I'm telling you how I see the game. I think you did a great job. You know, everybody's, I, I, everybody's upset. Like, you know, I mean, guys, be critical with the Cardinals. Be critical with the Blues. You know, and then uh, I, I'm sorry. I get a little critical with the City SC team. I, I'm sorry. If you're okay with a 3 nil, sorry, 3 nil loss. But I'm not, Doug. I'm not. Anthony, there's a lot of things that I'm not okay with with you on a daily basis, including most of this show. But yeah. that part, I was okay with. High five. Thank you. Oh, that was really that was a strong high five. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Lisa, guys. have a great night, guys. <laughs> Love the show. Love it. Thanks Thank for all the smiles. Thank you, Lisa. I'm glad we could give her some smiles, even though we, you know, we're bickering back and forth all day long. In fairness to us, I had a lot of critical things to say about Tyler O'Neill. so Lisa, I'm sure, enjoyed that aspect of the show today. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, from the uh, 314, a little bit of everything today, including some ancient history things. Mm-hmm. That is definitely still one of my favorite parts of today's show, is you know, not only learning about um you know, the, the Blues and the Cardinals and City SC, but, you know, where some of our sports knowledge comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, not only does actual history 
date back to the ancient Romans, but so does sports history. Yes, of course. Naturally. So, we have a text from the 314. I can tell Anthony's been getting into this recreational stuff. What recreational stuff? You know, plants. No, I'm not. You don't like gardening? You know what? I I actually should get into some gardening. We have got a lot of animals though in the in the back. Deer, raccoon. I thought uh, you like planting flowers though. Uh, I haven't yet. Really? You were telling me you were bragging um, about how you planted your tulips around that stump in the backyard. No, that he was said some... that it's an ugly stump, ugly tree stump, and so you wanted to plant. Your tulips around it. That's different, Jamie. It's a different conversation you and I were having. It's right by the pond in the back, isn't it? Nope. It's up higher. Oh, okay. My bad. Marsh, do we have beat the streak here? Yeah, we certainly do, Anthony. Excellent. We're good streaking! I want to hit baseballs. All of my successes depend on me. You're ready to hit. The hits just keep on coming. <laughs> All right, we got our guy Kevin on the line here. Kevin. Hey, how's it going, guys? You're up to three, correct? Is that where we're at now, Marsh? Yeah, well, I'm at two because of Brendan Donovan, but... Hey, that's okay. All right, Kevin, you're up. Go for it. Well, uh, my fiancé told me this morning to go ahead and pick Wilson Contreras, so I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, Nolan Arenado. Wow! Okay, so Nolan Arenado. A lot riding on this one. Uh, Jamie, go ahead. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't go with this guy, Jordan Walker. He just keeps going. He just keeps on going. I got Gorman to hit the ding-dong Johnson, but I think Walker gets a base hit, keeps that streak going. Okay. Uh, Kevin, what's your fiance's name? Uh, Ariel. Ariel. I'm going to go with Wills Contreras. Wow. Anthony, that was low. I just believe in Kevin and Ariel. So I'm going to go with Wilson Contreras. So that way she, you know, when she gets excited with Wilson Contreras, gets a, a hit, she doesn't have to be angry at Kevin. I basically well, just oh, say Kevin. Oh, you know she's going to throw that in his face yeah. and be like, I told you. Yeah. Now, either way, I'll be sleeping on the couch. Very true. Yeah. That's nice job, point. Kevin. All right, Marsh. Yeah, you know, I've been going with the other team the past two times. How's it worked out? Uh, well, it's actually worked out really well for exactly, me. So go uh, ahead. Not so much for uh, the Cardinals, but uh, not great. Today, I'm going to keep that trend going. I don't want to curse any other players on our team. I'm going to go with CJ Crone. I see what you're doing there, Marsh. You actually want to take a Rocky, but you don't want to. You don't want to do it and, and get everybody mad at you. <laughs> so you said, I don't want to curse a Cardinal. I'll curse a Rocky instead. Yeah, we you got your eye on you. Kevin, good luck, man. Thank you. All right, so beat the streak. Jamie's got three. I have three. Kevin, our listener, has three. And Marshy's got deuce. So he'll be rooting against us tonight. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. East, uh, Easton. Instant is the, is the word. Instant replay. It's coming up between six and seven. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you didn't, that's on you. Because this show is a lot of fun. We'll be back tomorrow at two o'clock. Go cards. See you.
You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.